From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is seven minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. Uh, Just an enormous news day. Usually it comes down to one or two stories, and sometimes I don't flip a coin, but something tips one, and you have to go, you have to start with something. And it's usually between two things. We could easily start today with five major stories, at least, and probably more than that. But let me begin with something that is enormously consequential. And everything that I thought about leading with, I just put aside in favor of this. And I just happen to be very tuned in at the moment that Elon Musk and this deal for him to buy Twitter was finalized. And I immediately posted on social media because this is one of the biggest days. I know that some people will think this is over the top. But this is one of the biggest days in terms of free speech in history yesterday. And that's why the Democrats are so unhappy. Don't forget, they had absolutely no problem when the second richest man in the world, Jeff Bezos or Bezos, however you pronounce his name. I hear it both ways. When he purchased the Washington Post, this was democracy. This was fantastic. Nothing, nothing negative. The Democrats, the Democrat media, one and the same, they are going bananas over this. Because you have to understand, I don't speak for you, so I won't say we. I won't say all we want. All I want is a, is a level playing field. Isn't that, isn't that incredible when you think about it? The other side cheats. They want an unfair advantage. I just want it to be fair. Because when it's fair, we win. It's just so, and I don't have time to read you the the quotes I did last week. But the same people that had nothing to say when Bezos bought the Washington Post just went crazy about the threat that this is and all. All Elon Musk wants to do is make the platform fair, fairer than it's been. And he's putting his own money up where his mouth is. $44 billion. Remember when we didn't jump to conclusions when we told you about the poison pill and we said, hey, it could be that they don't want to let go. And, and it's your typical Democrat socialists, cognitive dissonance destroying themselves and and whistling to the graveyard or they're just trying to squeeze musk to see how high will he go and when he wrote moving on dot 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 on twitter by the way ironically they came running back because they knew that his offer was the best offer and it's the best offer they would ever get 
and I think it is the 28th, tomorrow's the 27th, so the day after tomorrow, Twitter is going to make certain announcements. Now, obviously, their stock is up because of yesterday, but I think it was important for them to conclude this deal before that announcement. Twitter hasn't been doing that well, in case you haven't been following. Jim Jordan, ranking member, House Judiciary Committee, said, quote, free speech is making a comeback. As part of that comeback, Jordan reportedly sent a letter to Twitter's board of directors last week asking the group to, quote, preserve all records related to Musk's offer to buy the company. A lot of comments on both sides of the aisle insofar as this is either good news for some reason if you're a Republican and it is it is the worst news ever if you're a Democrat. I had some Democrat fool writing some garbage uh, on my Facebook page. See, they don't want it to be fair. They think it's great that dictators are on the platform, but President Trump wasn't allowed to be. They think that's fair. They think it's fair when you get deplatformed and they can say and do anything they want. They think it's fair when you get ghosted. That's that's as cruel as it gets because they make it look like you're there, but you're not there. Because they hide you, they hide everything. So the GOP rejoices and the Democrats have sour lemon sucker ball faces. What happened? Your face is all pucked in, puckered up. Oh, yeah, Elon Musk is buying Facebook. <laughs> Republicans, yeah, Elon Musk is buying Facebook. I mean, it's, it's hilarious. Everything is political. And remember, I haven't heard anybody on the Republican side say, hey, we want a platform that sticks it to Democrats, that doesn't let them be heard, that shuts them down. All I ever hear people say is, I want it to be fair. And that is as it should be. When I first heard the news, I thought, oh, good, President Trump will be back. But then I thought about it for a couple of seconds. And I'm figuring, hey, he's got his own truth social platform, so he probably won't come back, even if he's reinstated. I would come back if I were him, because you want to get your message out everywhere. And even if he doesn't personally come back, I am absolutely positive that if and when he runs for president, there'll be a Trump 2024 Twitter account. You just you can't you can't seed that to the other side. You just can't, especially when there's an opportunity to be heard once again. 14 minutes past the hour. We'll be back. I am Hurley in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. Kirk Conover at 7, Chuck Malamut at 8, wide open forum in today's 9 o'clock hour. Let's do this. Hey, Pete. Run, walk, 
honor. The Tunnel to Towers 5K Run and Walk in New York City retraces FDNY firefighter Stephen Siller's final footsteps on 9-11. That single event has inspired more than 70 runs, walks, and climbs in different cities across the nation each year. Register for an event in your area or volunteer to start one. Do good and never forget by donating $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM. 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Hey, thank you. It's 19 minutes past the hour. Programming note, reminder, tomorrow we are guest hosting the Brian Kilmeade Show. Looking forward to that. A lot going on. Now imagine the only thing we didn't get, it'll still be rather new, but imagine if the news of Twitter would have only been one thing because there's just so much that's going on. But the timing of that was almost perfect for our typical uh, fill in engagements where big things seem to always happen. Supreme Court justices retire, are nominated. I mean, it just is uncanny. We just received word during the break from Fox News that President Biden has granted three pardons and 75 commutations. These are the first pardons of his presidency. They all are for drug crimes. And of course, that's what the Democrat Party is. That should be no surprise to anyone. I'm not going to spend any more time on that because it's not worth it. This is something, though, that we have maintained during the entire Biden presidency. And in a recent survey that was released yesterday at about four o'clock in the afternoon, 51 percent, it should be higher, 51 percent of likely U.S. voters believe that Joe Biden is purposely encouraging illegal immigration. Now, who's been saying that every damn day for 18 months or whatever this, this slop has been? What is it? Uh, 16 months, whatever it's been. You really, if you're being honest, how do you come to any other conclusion? They don't finish the wall. But, of course, he's building a wall around his home. They don't properly fund the border. They're purposely letting people in. They got a whole program to bus, fly, cell phones, water bottles, you name it. They got it all going on. Has, by the way, is the Biden administration, as the president, now that the um, Texas National Guard soldier has been recovered have have they even spoken about his death they're so culpable on all of this 1000 likely us voters my favorite kind of poll this data is only a couple of days old it was surveyed the poll conducted april 18th and 19th it found 53% of democrats Support the trend of record-setting illegal immigration, which is opposed by 75% of Republicans and 54% of voters not affiliated with either party. Let me give you an example. A very good friend of mine from Philadelphia. Let me go to the email. I could paraphrase it, but why when I can give you the... Um, 
Let's see. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. Everyone in my family are hard Democrats but me. Anyhow, at Easter, I asked each of them if they could solve world hunger forever and all they would have to do is vote or support Donald Trump for president in 2024, they all said, and this is six of them, they all said that the world would have to stay hungry. Do you understand? This, this, this is what I try to convey on a daily basis, how incredibly sick these Democrats are, the bad ones. I want to read this again. Everyone in my family are hard Democrats but me. Anyhow, at Easter, I asked each of them if they could solve world hunger forever and all they would have to do is vote or support Donald Trump for president in 2024. They all said, six of them, that the world would have to stay hungry. I didn't read the end of it. He wrote to me, I don't understand why there is such great hatred for President Trump. I've never seen this for any other sitting president, not even Biden. Isn't that that telling? I told you about another friend of mine. His mother was dying. And one of the last things she ever said to him was, please don't vote for Trump. This, this person was dying. And incidentally, her son is a dear friend of mine. He's a beautiful man. I just, you know, I'm not in a position to tell you who it is. But these are the true, the real life stories that are out there. But the American people, a majority of the American people believe that Joe Biden is encouraging illegal immigration. Of course he is. How, how could any how could anybody how could the other 49 percent not see it? Let me share with you a story that I always knew was true. And I read something a number of years ago where Jane Seymour, who has been a guest on this show, One of my favorite interviews of all time, because Somewhere in Time is my favorite movie of all time. And I got to actually talk to Jane Seymour about the movie. Really was very, very special. But Jane Seymour at the TCM, that's the Turner Classic Movie Classic Film Festival, last weekend, opened up. About her and co-star Christopher Reeve falling hard for each other while they filmed Somewhere in Time. Saying, quote, that they, they fell madly in love making Somewhere in Time. Let me just read this to you. I could paraphrase it. I could paraphrase it, but it's a really good story. Written by Maureen Lee Lenker. Yesterday. It's just a couple of minute read. 
Somewhere in Time, Harry Hurley's favorite movie. No, it doesn't say that. Somewhere in Time has remained a romantic favorite since it first hit theaters in 1980. But it turns out the real love story went beyond the one on screen. At the Turner Classic Movie Classic Film Festival this past weekend, Jane Seymour opened up about her and co-star Christopher Reeve falling hard for each other while they were filming the movie. Quote, well, here comes the story that I'm officially telling you now because Chris and I, when we made the film, we literally fell madly in love. End quote. Seymour confessed to TCM host Alicia Malone and an audience of several hundred classic movie lovers. Quote, when you see this film, you will see the real thing. But we didn't let anyone know. So a few of the people who worked on the show kind of guessed it. But we were as subtle as we could be about it. Seymour has previously acknowledged her romance with Reeve, including on People TV's Couch Surfing, which you can watch above. And there's a clip of it in, embedded into this article that I have. But she got into the particulars for the, for the first time at the TCM Festival, becoming visibly emotional when discussing their love for each other and the forces of the universe that broke them apart. If the revelation of their romance wasn't enough of a case of art imitating life or vice versa, Seymour also said their relationship ended the same day she filmed the scene in which her character, Elise McKenna, loses Reeves Richard. Quote, we were madly in love and life was wonderful, she recalled. We were both single. It was fantastic. Um, I'm missing the, the last page of this, and I don't even know how that happened. But I'll have to paraphrase because I, I read it once yesterday, and I, I remember how it ends. I wish I could give you the exact details, and I'm sure I can find it in, in, my, uh, in my phone. But let me just tell you, uh, I'll paraphrase it real quick. What happened was they were planning to be together. They had fallen in love. They were planning to be together. If you're just tuning in, Jane Seymour and Christopher Reeve on the set of the movie Somewhere in Time filmed uh, at that amazing island that Margie and I, we're going to get there someday, but, oh, it's such a challenge. There's a plane. It's not convenient. Then there's another form of travel. Then you take the ferry onto the island, uh, Mackinac Island. It's very, um, very cumbersome to get there. But we're going to do it. We've we've actually sort of specked it out a few times and maybe even go during the Somewhere in Time annual event that they have, which many times Jane Seymour actually attends. Not all, but many, most of them. So what goes down is that Christopher Reeve's former girlfriend comes back to him during the movie. Right when, because I, I, I just believe he was a really good guy because he told Jane Seymour right away that his um, former girlfriend 
came to him and told him that she was pregnant. And so he went back and they actually went on to have a second child as well. And then ultimately, Christopher Reeve married Dana. And then both of them passed very young. Christopher Reeve was only 52 years old and he died accumulation, you know, realities of the equestrian fall that he took. And Dana Reeve died of lung cancer and the belief is from her singing days in in showrooms. So tragedy. But when you watch the movie, you you I, I'm not surprised by any of this. It it just seemed for real that they were in love. And now we know once and for all, what is it, uh, 42 years later, that that indeed was the case. This is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station, Kirk Conover for the 7 o'clock hour, Chuck Malamut for the 8 o'clock hour, wide open forum in today's 9 o'clock hour. By the way, Philadelphia 76ers have looked really bad the past two games. Now they've got to go back to Toronto with now only a 3-2 series advantage. My program observer, Michael, I told you, you should have done the double down. Toronto may very well win tomorrow night And force a game seven in Philadelphia. And I said this in an on-air commentary that 3-0 seems insurmountable. And it typically is. But if you take it one game at a time. I do think Joel Embiid's uh, torn ligament in in a shooting hand. A strong hand because he does take some left-hand shots but not many. Um, I think that is having a big factor in in his game. He'll have surgery after the season. So I give him credit. He's playing, playing with the pain, playing through it. Big body, when he goes down, he hits it all the time. And you know they're always smacking at the, at the ball and at your hands. That thumb has taken an absolute beating. But the Sixers don't look good. They're not taking good shots. Toronto is playing very, very well. And the Sixers are lucky because they they only led in game three at the end of overtime. Or they could be trailing 3-2 in this series easily. So I think they'll still pull it out, but uh, it's very much in doubt. And with the way they're playing, they got Doc Rivers has to get them. He's got to get them going. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And I am Harry Hurley at 32 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Atlantic County Democrat Chairman calls out the press of Atlantic City. New Jersey Congressman Jeff Andrew brings home the bacon, and I don't mean Kevin, and the best crab cakes in Atlantic County. You're still reading that in huge numbers. And let me throw a fourth out. Fish Heads, the beloved seafood truck restaurant in atlantic city told to leave their atlantic city location liars doing what they do 
From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. Today's forecast contains our one and only chance of rain this week. Let's walk through the timeline of when you'll need the umbrella. We're doing okay to start here. Temperatures 50s now, climbing to around 70 later on. Some spotty drizzle possible this morning, and then the threat of steadier rain will come late this afternoon into this evening. We'll dry out after midnight tomorrow, cool and breezy. High of only 57 with sun and clouds. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. South Jersey's number one talk station. All because of you and we know it. It's 20 minutes before the top of the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. This has been a trend that I like and I think it's going to continue because Joe Biden has just done a lot of bad things that you just they they can't be sustained. You can try to get away with them. But fortunately, Republicans have been very aggressive in litigating. A judge has stepped up and blocked Joe Biden from ending Title 42 at the border. So just celebrate wherever you can these kinds of status quo. U.S. District Judge Robert Summerhays made the ruling. The case was brought by 21 states. Where are the rest? Shame on you. I mean, that's not just all blue states left. There's, there's other states that should have been involved in this. It's really sick when you think about it that an open border and I mean, look at look at that. Look at that Texas National Guard soldier who is gone. Young man had his whole life in front of him. I think he was 22 years old. Am I right? I just vaguely something about that rings a bell. But this guy's gone because he attempted to rescue. He doesn't know at the moment. Two illegals that are having trouble in the water. And it turns out they're drug traffickers. This is what Joe Biden is bringing to America. Drug traffickers, human smugglers, MS-13. This is why the other piece of litigation that's going on right now is so important and why the composition of the Supreme Court is just about the only thing. If it was not, and this Supreme Court is not reliable, there there are several disappointments john roberts is a disgrace and i think amy coney barrett is is turning out not so good gorsuch is solid kavanaugh is not barrett is worse roberts is worse than that i really believe roberts is basically with rare exception he is part of the democrat wing of the court No doubt about it. No doubt about it. In any event. That is good news. It's better than good news. It's great news. The difference between seven to eight thousand a day and what could be eighteen thousand and more per day. 
of illegals. You know, there's no country in the world that operates like this, that just lets people come in and then gives them all these kinds of benefits. If you snuck into some other country, you'd get your ass locked up. You wouldn't be getting a free cell phone, free apartment, free furniture, free water, free transportation. You wouldn't be getting any of that. You'd be getting locked up. We let people come in. This what's known as Louisiana lawsuit, which is a coalition of, as I mentioned before, 21 states led by Arizona, Louisiana, Missouri, all with Republican attorneys general. They are fighting hard to make sure that Joe Biden does not get away with ending Title 42. It's it's so sick when on one hand they're arguing and actually contesting and appealing that the pandemic is not over, and so therefore you need to wear face masks on planes, trains, and everywhere else. But on the other hand, Biden is in court arguing that the pandemic is over, and therefore Title 42 at the border needs to end. Now, how how incredibly dishonest, duplicitous, whatever words you want to come up with, how can you argue against these dispassionate facts? These are not opinions. You can't say on one hand the pandemic is over, and on the other hand you say the pandemic is not over. How does that work? Doesn't work at all. It's 45 minutes past the hour. I am respectfully yours. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Hi, it's Mark Lee and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG, Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. That is correct. And it is 10 minutes before the top of the hour. Now, I have saved maybe the best for last. In any other world, I would have led with this, but I purposely saved it for last. And when I say for last, I probably only have time to do this one last story might be able to squeeze a couple of more in this isn't the last story it's the last story i have time for i've got about 10 more sitting here right next to me that um as usual i will throw promptly in the garbage can uh with regrets and it's good stuff but this i keep telling you this ron DeSantis. he just keeps making incredibly good moves, decisions, whatever you want to call it. His philosophy of governance is fantastic. Florida is booming. Florida is free. I'm, I'm really serious about this. I love our area so much. But I am so tempted by Florida. And I will be there very, very soon. But I promise I will come back. Just a just a little getaway coming up quickly. I I love Florida. I, I just love it. I love how they govern. I love how I feel when I'm there. It's just fantastic. And what Governor DeSantis did yesterday, he created a police force dedicated to pursuing voter fraud and other election crimes. Now, sidebar. Now, you know, these lying, loser, racist Democrats will be calling him a racist 
and that he's trying to suppress voters and suppress minority voters. I'm so sick of you. All of you that do this. Far and wide. That lie and you know you're lying and dividing our country. This should be done in every state in America. You know it will not be done in the state of New Jersey. We go the other way. But DeSantis actually, and with the legislature, give them credit, they've created a police force to pursue voter fraud and election crimes. Yeah, I just got a Fox News alert, and this was not brand new because I knew about this yesterday, but... Bezos is somehow criticizing Musk and they're doing some China thing or something. Oh, I'm just so sick of these people. Uh, but anyhow, that just came in. I don't know if you could hear the little gong on my phone, but uh, this this should be done in every state in the union. Remember, the goal should always be and they're doing it in Georgia, even though they're being called racists. There's more days of voting. It's easier to vote. It's harder to cheat. If you make that the the foundation, the hallmark of your election philosophy, that's a winner. Make it as easy as you can to vote. But I think, honestly, I think there should be some effort to vote. I don't think you should be able to text message your vote or anything like it's American Idol and you're voting for Carrie Underwood. I mean, I think you should have to get up unless you can't. Then there should be an alter- alternative means to, to be able to vote. And there is. But you should have. And, and I really believe that elections should be one day. This this 13 days and in some cases even more than that is just is crazy. You know, the the Commission on Presidential Debates They want to have debates after people have already voted. What the hell sense does that make? I'm really happy with the position that the GOP took where they're not participating in these debates. It's always Democrats or you get a Republican, not a Republican. You get you get all Democrats and another Democrat like Chris Wells. And then they act like, hey, that's your that's your that's your uh, your guy. Oh, Oh, really? Chris Wallace, thanks. It's fantastic. Great news. But this is wonderful. And it can make all the difference. When people ask me all the time, you know, is Trump going to run? I say, yes. Is he going to win? Hold on, I have to sneeze. It was a good one. Is he going to run? Yes. Is he going to win? And then I say yes, but it depends. Oh, it depends. Depends on what? It depends on did Republicans do their job in these battleground states in particular where they cheat? I'm telling you, Florida is the model. If this country, if it was run like Florida, oh, my gosh, we wouldn't have eight and a half percent inflation. And, you know, it's more than that. It would be it would be incredible what would be going on. How about the way now the the networks held it because they're completely dishonest. But Florida had 
millions and millions of votes. I forget how many it was, four million or five, whatever it was, five million votes counted. We knew exactly who won. And then you get these small states where, oh, we don't know. We got to go. We're going to take a break. It's nine o'clock. We're going to go to bed. What? What are you talking about? It's your Super Bowl. You don't go to bed. You count the damn votes. We used to know who the president was, even when it was Nixon and Kennedy, and it was tighter than a tick. It was after midnight, and I think it was several hours after midnight. But we even knew then. Now, oh, we won't know, and votes can come in for weeks, and oh, it's just terrible. Terrible what we've allowed these Democrats to get away with. They're making ballot harvesting a felony. Uh, This is incredible. The law creates an office of election crimes and security under the Florida Department of State to review fraud allegations, conduct preliminary investigations. DeSantis is required to appoint a group of special officers from the Florida Department of Law Enforcement who would be tasked with pursuing the election law violations. So this is actually going to put some teeth into this remember make it easy to vote harder to cheat DeSantis himself is running for re-election and he's going to have a great re-election look how fast those four years went he's considered a potential 2024 presidential candidate I don't I don't want him to run though if Trump is running Because DeSantis, in my estimation, is the future. Trump is the present. And 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 DeSantis is so smart that I don't think he would do something. I mean, look, if if Trump goes down the tubes and DeSantis is leading, maybe he goes for it. But I just don't think that's going to happen. The Democrat media is trying to make Trump toxic. And of course, the nine, I'm sorry, the uh, January 6th commission, they're going to come out with awful things. It'll just be blah, 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 blah. But it's going to sound awful. And they're doing everything they can because they really know that the only way they can beat Trump is to cheat him. That, that's, they know that. They know it all too well. Here with Joe Biden. Oh, I hope I. Yeah, I'm running again. Yeah, sure you are. Sure you're running, Joe. You're talking to the Easter Bunny. You're you're talking, shaking hands with the air. Walking around in circles, don't know where you are. Yeah, you're running again. Sure you are. And wait till the truth comes out. Wait until Republicans get subpoena power, and subpoena your ass, and and Jim and 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 Hunter and the whole gang. Disgusting to me, all of it. But finally, finally, do you feel it that finally it's turning? The worm is turning. Biden's not being protected like he was. I think Durham is going to come up with the goods. Oh, a whole lot to talk about. Stay with us. Kirk Conover is next. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. 
From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. It's at six minutes past the hour. We are visiting this hour with Kirk Conover. Chuck Malamut in the 8 o'clock hour, wide open forum for today's entire 9 o'clock hour programming note. Your humble public servant filling in tomorrow, guest hosting the Brian Kilmeade Show, the nationally syndicated Fox News Radio, the Brian Kilmeade Show. In my estimation, the second most important talk radio. See, we we understand our place in the pecking order. Uh, Some people just get delusional about, you know, their own situations. Uh, not us. Brian Kilmeade, without a doubt in my mind, is the second most significant radio talk show host in America. And when you add intangibles, such as that he hosts Fox and Friends every day from six to nine before he goes on air to do three hours of radio. And then, of course, all the other work that he does, filling in and appearing on Outnumbered, guest hosting all these other programs, primetime and you know, uh, occasionally Tucker. I mean, he's he's just everywhere on the channel and, of course, on the Fox Nation platform. Without a doubt, he's the second most significant uh, person in, in media today, in my view. So what a privilege, what an honor uh, it is to um, answer the call when he asks us to fill in. So we have, I can tell you already, Matt Schlapp is going to be joining us and a few other great guests tomorrow. We'll tell you more uh, tomorrow morning and before we sign off. Elon Musk is buying Twitter for $44 billion. So figure he's worth what, like 240 some billion. He's buying this for $44 billion. He's ponying up $22 billion in cash. And then he is financing $22 billion with a stated goal of actually pursuing free speech. Kirk, this has Democrats out of their minds. He didn't say he's coming on and it's going to be a Republican hate fest and Democrats are going to get ghosted and and deplatformed. He said he wants to make it fair for all and Democrats are losing their minds. Well, it's not surprising. Uh, The uh, Democrat Party is going you know hard left socialist and the the socialist uh mantra is to always control the media message uh you know you you see it with authoritarian um regimes all over the first thing to go when they take over is is the press you know it becomes a state-run media i guess the democrats uh think that uh you know twitter should be state-run so, yeah, it's how it's about a, how about this one? I mean, Jen Psaki, I, I, I mean, if she could have spontaneously combusted and just burned up in flames, it, I mean, it, it 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 could have happened with the lie that she was telling. She came out about the Twitter Elon Musk issue when the question was posed and talked about the Biden administration's great concern over 
big tech and how much control they have over messaging in America. I'm thinking, you unimaginable liar. You are just I mean, and and, and she has one foot out the door, of course, jumping right out of the White House over to MSNBC to propagate more lies. And it should be portrayed as some objective expert on the White House and things. But she actually had the audacity to talk about the Biden administration's concern for how much power big tech has. When meanwhile, look how they covered for Joe Biden. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's the typical Democrat playbook. They they like big tech when it when it works in their favor. And now that they see that uh, one of the big operators of the big tech world is is going in a different direction, now they don't like big tech. <laughs> it is a joke. But again, um, <clears throat> as I've emphasized many times before in your program, these uh, authoritarians, first thing to go is the free press, then the unions go. Uh, you know, and that's the way the socialists take control and, and control the economy, control people's life from top down. Uh, they knock out any, um, sources of alternative information that may be saying, Hey, you're going in the wrong direction. This is not the way we want to go. So yeah, they're, they're paranoid about controlling, uh, the message that gets to the American people. And it's, um, it's sad to see. I mean, you would think they would want free speech, but yeah. uh, it's apparent that there's very little respect for the Constitution within the modern, the contemporary Democrat Party. Uh, there's very little regard for what really, uh, you know, made this country uh, the greatest in world history, and that is the free exchange of ideas, uh, which works right into, you know, the innovation and and the greatness that the free market brings forward. You can't have a dynamic, uh, growing, uh, innovative economy if you don't have a free exchange of ideas. Yeah. Kirk, let's get our first break and we'll be right back. My um, My great desire here is for Elon Musk to actually achieve nothing more than a fair platform. I don't want it to tip against Democrats. You know me, Kirk. I want their ideas heard. I want their ideas broadcast with with a hundred thousand watts, with a with a megaphone in every town square. I I never want the other side to be silenced. Their ideas suck. They want our side shut down because they realize that's why DeSantis's bill that was parental rights had to be called "Don't Say Gay." even though that was complete fabrication lie. And that's why I'm telling you it's going to start today with Ernest. You're going to have all these Democrats losing their minds. Uh, Mika and Joe and the whole peanut gallery, the whole Happy Days gang. They're going to be going bananas over DeSantis's bill. And they're going to be calling him a racist. And they're going to call it a voter suppression law. And I guess I guess we're going to have Joe Biden talking about Bull Connor again and stuff like that. Meanwhile, all it is is catching criminals that are dramatically affecting 
are free and fair elections. It's not about not wanting someone to vote. It's about all these ballot harvesters and all these things that are going on. So this DeSantis, I want to talk to you about that when we come back, Kirk. Uh, I, I'm just in in like with all the things that he continues to do. And he doesn't care. He just calls the other side out. When a woman said to him, don't say gay, Bill. He goes, wait a minute. He goes, you just, you're lying. You, you made that up. It's nowhere in the legislation. You just made that up. And I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let you do that. I'm not going to stand for that. DeSantis right now is the model for what other Republicans around the country should emulate. He doesn't take any of their crap. And he just goes forward with his strong agenda that when we when we evaluate it objectively, you have people clamoring to want to move to to uh, Florida. What do you have going on right now in New Jersey and California? I mean, all these woke, broke, joke examples. You've got migration out. Florida's got people migrating in much more with Kirk Conover right after this. I'm Hurley in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. This is what New Green Deal socialism looks like. This is what artificially reducing the world's supply of energy looks like to satisfy the climate alarmist religious cult in this country or new Green Deal socialists in this country. It's not Putin's inflation. It's never been Putin's inflation. For months and months, we're setting record after record after record. All right, now we're going to blame Vladimir. Let's blame Vladimir for this. I didn't know blaming Vladimir for producer uh, producer prices going up 11.2%. These numbers just out today. I mean, it's it that this is a significant amount of money. Check out the Sean Hannity radio show later today, right here. Pay for by bank on yourself. Have you been putting your retirement savings in a 401k, IRA, or an investment account? Then I have one word of advice. Stop. You've seen what's happening in the market. This is clearly no time to gamble. Can you really afford to lose any more of your retirement savings? Hey, here's the good news. You don't have to lose another penny because there's a better, safer way to save for retirement. And you can learn all about it in a free report. This is the report Wall Street desperately hopes you'll never see. Why? Because this method continues to grow your money, even when the market tumbles, just as it's done for more than 160 years. And it gives you tax-free and penalty-free access to your savings. These are treacherous times, and now, more than ever, you can't afford to take one wrong step. So get the information you need today to guarantee your retirement security. Hurry. To get this free report, go to SaveYourRetirementNow.com right now. That's SaveYourRetirementNow.com. SaveYourRetirementNow.com. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere, on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. At 22 minutes past the hour, we are visiting with Kirk Conover, Chuck Malamut at 8 Wide Open Forum 
in today's nine o'clock hour. Kirk, I know you know all about this and you know a lot about Governor Ron DeSantis as well. And you and Nancy, I know you spend time in Florida and a lot of time. Uh, so you know what goes. You know the difference between the, that just feeling of a free state versus what we see elsewhere. Uh, and you see it in Florida. You see it in South Carolina. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has signed a bill creating an election police unit. They're actually making election crimes felonies. Now, you know what the Democrats are going to do. They're going to scream racism and voter suppression and all this junk. But they don't care, Kirk. They just keep doing the right thing. Yeah, that's the way DeSantis operates. Uh, he's uh, a fearless and uh, he's a fearless leader that honors the uh, traditional values that, uh, you know, made Florida great, made the country great. And what you see in Florida, you can almost feel it. You can almost feel it in the air is that it is truly a free state. Um, And this, this uh, election uh, bill, bill that uh, he's he's putting forward is going to make sure that every vote does count. You know, this mantra that the Democrats always have about, oh, you know, count every vote and all this. Well, this makes sure that every vote doesn't does count and that your vote isn't canceled by some fraudulent activity. So it's it's a great thing. And, you know, in the bigger picture down there, um, what we see, you know, we have two two adults on to have businesses down there and it's just easier to operate. Uh, it's, uh, you know, for example, my, I have a Florida insurance license. And as long as I keep um, my continuing ed credits up to date, the license goes on in perpetuity. I don't have to reapply. I don't have to send in a, you know, a, a renewal fee or anything. And that's just one small example of how they make it easy to do business down there. And you see it. There's construction everywhere commercial construction everywhere i mean we get off um the airplane and then we're on transportation going to um to disney world and i mean the road construction is just unbelievable and you know what that is that is a byproduct of how things are booming all over let me go back to elon musk because a very good friend of mine who i want to protect sent me the following this is a tweet from Rob Reiner, Meathead. Everybody listening knows who that jackass is. Here's his tweet. Now that Elon Musk is buying Twitter, the question for all of us is, will he allow a criminal who used this platform to lie and spread disinformation to try to overthrow the U.S. government to return and continue his criminal activity? Question mark. And if he does, how do we combat it? Question mark. John Rich in a pithy ultimate smackdown, the great country singer wrote, calm down, Rob. I'm sure he'll let Hillary stay on. <laughs> is that I not that. is that not fantastic? You saw it. I didn't see I, it. I know. I, saw I, it. I didn't see it till five minutes ago when you and you and I were. I got this right after coming out of the break. I think it's one of the greatest Slapdowns, smackbacks, whatever you want to call it, 
takedowns. This is fantastic because Meathead never mentioned Trump by name and everything he said is true about Hillary. Yeah, and it's uh, just indicative of how um, unaware these um, elite left-wing Hollywood types are of what the real world is all about. Right, but Meathead Bunker, he doesn't mind that people like Putin and Kim Jong-un and uh, uh, communist leader, they call him president, but he's not a president. He's a dictator. Xi. He, they don't mind that they're all on the platform, but Donald Trump shouldn't be. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand their uh, mentality on the surface. When you go deeper, I do understand, because like I said, they want to control the media uh, and what the American people are exposed to. I mean, they want the Democrat media to promote them and to take down their opponents. Anything short of that isn't fair to them. Yeah, and uh, the, the the whole idea of a, a, a truly fair and open platform would be let the people decide for themselves. Post any, anybody post what they want and then let the, the people you know, make a judgment on it. But no, that's not the way that the, the left uh, plays these things. Like, uh, you know, they want to. Well, they, they thought it was just great when you couldn't mention Hunter Biden. You couldn't mention the laptop. You couldn't mention your own views on COVID-19. They, they decided what was allowed to be truth. It was really if you think about it, it's really scary what they got away with in 2020. And, and it has continued. But that's why the purchase of Twitter by Elon Musk, it could be the turning point. I really believe this. This could be the turning point in the digital town square, Kirk. Yeah, I think so. It's, you know, the the Democrat uh, elite left wingers, they've tried to, you know, control big tech and the message. And it's a form they've used it, these platforms as, tools for indoctrination they use and manipulate the language and as you are very aware you know language is very important um you know as someone who uses the language every day this is what they're really the the core it's at the core of what they they're trying to do and it, it is manipulation of the language just as Orwell pointed out in uh the great novel 1984 which you know is so prophetic i know and it's also pointed out in, in atlas shrug you know you control the media you control the language you indoctrinate the people and you make them more pliable to the collectivist point of view and that's that's their goal they want to control our society top to bottom they think they know better and they use these platforms as a tool for indoctrination and the language is, is their weapon. It's true. We're at 30 minutes past the hour. Hang in there, Kirk. We'll be right back after the break. I wasn't aware of this until just now. Don sent it about 60 seconds ago. Don's on Twitter. I am on Twitter, but I never used it. I shouldn't say I never used it. I hardly ever used it, and I haven't used it in years because I found them to be completely unfair. I decided not to take my um, screen name down because I want to keep it. There are other Harry Hurleys around the country and uh, 
I got it first and I wanted to keep it. I've been very fortunate with screen names on these different platforms. So I kept it, but I don't use it. Inadvertently, I have, I don't know, a couple thousand followers, but I've not tried uh, to do anything with it. I don't post. I don't do anything. Don, on the other hand, my identical twin brother, he does post on Twitter. I, I just could care less and don't want anything to do with it. I, I am revisiting that. If and when I see Elon Musk make that a fair platform, I'll go all in. And then we'll have tens of thousands of followers. It, would, it can be a great force for good. And I'll link the, all, the articles that we write and all the things right now that we're doing, uh, but not until I see that it has improved. But anyhow, Don did like a John Rich kind of thing. I didn't realize it. I didn't see this until just now. So it's the Rob Reiner post about, you know, now that Elon Musk is buying Twitter and, you know, the criminal and, you know, and all this and should the criminal be allowed to be on Twitter. Don Earl, he writes, no, you're right, meathead. Hillary Clinton should not be permitted a permitted user on Twitter once Musk buys it. So he he did the same thing. I'll tell you, Meathead, he's got to be pretty stupid. How do you write something that's so easy and accurate to transfer to Hillary Clinton? So that's good, Don. That's good, John Rich. And we'll be back with Kirk Conover in just a little bit. It is early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5, all because of you. South Jersey's number one talk station. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley at 32 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow. I'll throw in a fourth on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Atlantic County Democratic Party chairman calls out the press of Atlantic City. We've got the story. New Jersey Congressman Jeff Van Drew is bringing home the bacon. And I don't mean Kevin. The best crab cakes in Atlantic County. I list them. You've been reading it. Check it out. And Fish Head's a bonus one here. Fish Head's social, uh, beloved seafood told to leave their location. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Today is shaping up to be South Jersey's warmest and wettest day through the rest of April. We'll see a high temperature around 70. Mostly cloudy skies, could be some spotty drizzle early on, and then scattered rain arriving late this afternoon into this evening. Could be some localized downpours. We'll dry out after midnight, low of 47. Cool and breezy tomorrow, or high only 57, with a mix of sun and clouds. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Pro, pro, early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. With Kirk Conover, I am early in the morning at 37 minutes past the hour. Chuck Malamut, he is making his way right now. Good morning, Chuck. He's making his way right now. I know exactly where he is right now. He's on the Garden State Parkway. Uh, heading south to Broadcast Center. Chuck, be safe, be well, and we will welcome you into your palatial studio in just a little bit, about 20 minutes or less. Uh, Chuck coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, wide open forum in today's 9 o'clock hour. Programming note reminder, we are filling in tomorrow, guest hosting the the amazing, the um, one of the Mount Rushmore of talk radio in America, the Brian Kilmeade Show. Nationally syndicated through Fox News uh, Radio Network. Here's a uh, an interesting um, reality 
that will speak to the uh, the topic that Kirk and I addressed in the last segment. This is from a mutual friend who shall remain nameless, who a few years ago built two homes, one in Florida and one in New Jersey. They both cost about the same price to build. Let's talk about the permitting, and some call it, uh, pronounce that word a little bit different. The permitting process. Florida, $500 all in. New Jersey, $50,000. How do you do, Kirk? Well, that's a prime example. Um, and it's the reason that uh, Florida's booming and people want to move there. I mean, $500 now, versus almost $50,000. Is that like a case study? That's a microcosm of the bigger problem. Yeah, and it's, it's something that's not reported on uh, very much. But, you know, one of the, the key things that uh, President Trump uh, worked on during his presidency was reducing the regulatory burden on American business. And that's why we had such phenomenal growth with uh, little or no inflation uh, during his term. And you see it in the the blue states. uh, They're over-regulated and over-taxed. And in the free states like Texas, uh, Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina, to an extent Georgia, uh, also in Alabama and Mississippi, you have uh, a lower regulatory regime in which to you know do business, and that translates to states have booming economies or the red states that pay attention to the regulatory cost of doing business. And you know you can't have a free market unless there's freedom in your ability to move ahead. And one of the restrictions on, you know, the free market is not only taxation, unfair taxation in these blue states, but the regulatory burden. Uh, You know, um, we built our home uh, in Atlantic City. We had to get a CAFRA permit because we have a dock. You know, a CAFRA permit, really, for a single-family home? But, yeah, that's what goes on in the state of New Jersey. And, you know, that's that's all separate from what you have to go through, you know, to get a permit to build a home through the Atlantic City government or through, um, you know, absolutely government or whatever. If you if you're building a home on the water with a dock, you have to get a CAFRA permit. Now, CAFRA permits used to be um, for big, bigger developments, you know, bigger things, not. A single-family home. We just got notified. There's two lots on uh, Connecticut Avenue there on Snow Carver. I, the notification. I thought, okay, it's going to be you know appearing in front of Atlantic City uh, planning or zoning, but no, it was they're applying for a CAFRA permit. <clears throat> so yeah, this regulatory tax uh, impedes economic growth. It impedes individuals' ability to, you know. Build build assets, construct businesses. Uh, so yeah, it's it's uh, a quiet way of restricting growth and freedom. And of course, it's all done in uh, you know, couched in. We got to protect the environment. We got to make sure that everything's done just perfectly. And you know, we don't want 
they they say they have good intentions with all this, but realistically, uh, most of it is, I'd say, ninety percent of it's unnecessary because to succeed in business and to, and to have a good um, track record, you have to do things right. You know, you can't just slap up a home and uh, without looking at what quality you're presenting your product with, you know, so it's, it's a, it's a hidden cost, but it's a big cost. And like I said, it's freedoms in the air down in Florida. Yeah. $500 versus $50,000. It tells you, tells you a whole lot about where they've got it going good and where it's all messed up and it, and it's not messed up in New Jersey. Uh, because of Phil Murphy, it's been messed up here in New Jersey. Uh, the strangling Pinelands legislation, all these different things, the 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 ruination they 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 set Egg Harbor Township, Galloway Township, and Hamilton Township to be ruined uh, because of their their gerrymandering or whatever you want to call it. They said, "All right, we'll have three growth districts that we will just slam." And then their idea was how that would be so advantageous for the other 20. It's really, really bad stuff, insidious stuff. We're going to take the final break, Kirk. We're going to come back strong. I'm going to bring up Bob Progner and I have spoken on air and off air about this guy. I I look sideways about this J.D. Vance. I like him. If it wasn't for the the over-the-top Hitler, Trump, I mean – craziness that jd vance used to speak about president trump i i i i'm i'm supporting him because president trump is supporting him and i'm supporting him because i like him outside of his vicious anti-trumpism which he is converted from and i'll share some comments from president trump about jd vance because president trump is always very um very blunt I could tell you that even when he pays you a compliment, uh, you get a little, you know, you get a little uh, hit between the eyes, even on a compliment. Let me let me share. <laughs> I always I always have a compliment handy. Even now, you have to understand, as long as we've known each other. Now, this goes back to 1996. So we've obviously known each other for a long time when you go from when we met in 19, I guess it was 89 to the present, but this was about seven years into our professional relationship and friendship. At this point in time, I'm no longer working directly for him. He is a presenter on this program, uh, but I'm no longer working for him and it had been over four years. But even to a friend, when you get a compliment, you get a little bit of a shot. Welcome back. This is Harry Hurley, Hurley in the Morning in WFPG, your morning program in South Jersey. And it's my honor and privilege to welcome Mr. Donald Trump to Hurley in the Morning. Mr. Trump, good morning. Hello, Harry. How are you? Doing well, and how are you today? I'm very good. I hear your show is doing great. Well, thank you very much. Everybody tells me that. So who knows if it's true, but that's what they all say. Well, if they're all saying it, we'll say it's so. Okay. Uh, and you know that goes, say it in itself. All right, so he, he gave me that in the end. But that's what I'm saying. That's what you get. So when we come back and we talk about what President Trump had to say about J.D. Vance, it fits in. It's perfectly within the Trump style. And there are people that 
that can't get passed. When somebody, you can be critical, and I'm a big believer. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. But, I mean, the things that he said. But guess what? President Trump didn't have to endorse anyone. He could have endorsed someone else. There were a lot of, if you will, MAGA type candidates who were saying, please just don't endorse anyone. Let us all just, you know, uh, go at it for Trump voters. And President Trump endorsed J.D. Vance in the Ohio Senate GOP primary. We'll get Kirk's take on that when we come back in just a little bit. It is early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And I want to extend, I want to revise and extend my remarks on Chuck Malamut. I, I, I wasn't thinking correctly when I placed Chuck Malamut on the Garden State Parkway in my first reference and was saying, hey, good morning, Chuck, and, and all that. No, no, he wasn't on the Garden Star, Garden State Parkway at that point. He was making his way up. Let's see how close I am when Chuck gets in, if he heard that comment. I say he was making his way onto Jimmy Leeds Road and then making his way to the Garden State Parkway. I called it a little bit early before. I want to take back. I want to Biden. I want to just be able to take it back like it never happened. And the Easter Bunny said it's okay. And I'll shake the air as I uh, send us to the commercial break. And then what could go wrong? All is well at that point. But that's where I placed Chuck back then. Now, Chuck is on the Garden State Parkway South heading to Broadcast Center. I know these things because I am early in the morning and this is WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. Chuck, drive safe. We need you in here. Chuck is on deck next and then wide open forum all nine o'clock hour long. Life is hectic here in South Jersey, but one thing you don't have to worry about is missing the information you need while you're running around doing a zillion things. That's why WPG Talk Radio 95.5 brings you everything you need to know in six minutes at the top of every hour. National headlines from Fox News Radio, South Jersey News, and your local AccuWeather forecast all in six minutes. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you and welcome back. 53 minutes past the hour. All right, so Bob Progner loves him. And the, the all the other stuff, uh, Hitler, Trump, and all the, the wicked, nasty 2016-ish era stuff is all forgiven and gone. President Trump obviously got past it. Because he endorsed him, and I, I give President Trump a lot of credit because he doesn't get credit for that. There are a lot of people. Uh, if you said these kinds, if somebody called you Hitler, uh, Kirk, w- would you be endorsing them uh, to be the next senator of wherever? So I give Trump a lot of credit for this, but but he's also very blunt, like he was in the little ditty that I played before the break. Yeah, Harry, I hear your show's doing great. That's what everybody tells me, you know. But who knows if it's true? I mean, this, that's what you get. J.D. Uh, J.D. Vance. Yeah, J.D. Vance got uh, the endorsement, but he also got, quote, you know what? He's the guy that said some bad S.H. Uh, about me. But you know what? Every one of the others did also. In fact, if I went by that standard, I don't think I would have ever endorsed anybody in the country. So President Trump got past it. So this is the way I operate. If he if he can get past it, then I can get past it. So I am supporting J.D. Vance, uh, but I can't ignore 
his behavior in the past. You know, we saw what people like Mitt Romney did, trash him and then beg him for the endorsement, trash him and then beg him to be secretary of state, uh, you know, so on. But um, what do you think of J.D. Vance in Ohio? Well, he's an interesting story. Number one, he's uh, a brilliant fellow. Uh, you know, he's he's got his Juris doctorate. Uh, he's started an investment company. He's written a, a best-selling uh, book. Uh, so he's a, he's a fascinating guy, and he's right on the issues. And I think that's where he got beyond the um, Trump personality. He realized that Trump was right on the issues and the Trump policies worked for the working class. And he also realized that, you know, the the Trump appeal was to broaden uh, the base of the Republican Party. Uh, Trump won, you know, 66 percent of the vote of the people, you know, making fifty thousand dollars. So, uh when all is said and done, he, J.D. Vance was smart enough to realize the personality stuff aside and realize that the policies worked, and that's what he's running on, is that uh, these are the policies I want to implement. The Republican Party is now the party that appeals to the working class of this country, and that is a, a powerful um, force in Ohio because... You know, there's not a bunch of Hollywood elites that live in Ohio. You had to get elected. You have to appeal to the to the working uh, class families. I think that Trump's endorsement of J.D. Vance puts him over the top. Let me shift gears while we're down to about two and a half minutes. This is more truth that has become self-evident. Joe Biden asked Germany to not immediately end Russian oil imports. So you can see the Biden policies from day one to shut down our domestic independence in terms of energy. Uh, now that there is a geopolitical, you know, super threat with the war that uh, Putin caused, Biden sneaking around the world trying to manipulate what others do because of his own failure. That's my point, Kirk. Absolutely. He's he's taken the top off, uh, you know, domestic energy production. Um, we're no longer an exporter, a net exporter. And that has ripple effects all through the whole economy. The cost of, of oil, gasoline, uh, natural gas, it affects every household. It affects every business. Uh, it goes into the cost of everything that you buy. And uh, it's a horrible horrible policy decision and it's all because he's committed to the climate cult he you know this this idea that somehow human activity creates is creating these big climate swings number one you got to question the data is there really these big climate you know temperature changes you can challenge that all day long but yeah the the climate cult's got a hold of them and um it's a shame because it's going to lead to, you know, a recession in Europe and and probably um, in other countries around the world because, you know, to supercharge an economy, you got to have a vibrant energy sector. 
that's balanced. Sustainables, yes. Fossil fuels, yes. Have your base load for electricity be reliable, like like nuclear or natural gas. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's bad policy, and he just doubles down on it because Trump did it. Exactly, Kirk. Great to visit with you. Yep. Thanks, Harry. Always a pleasure to be on the program. You know it. Talk to you. See you soon. Have a great one. Best to you and Nancy, and of course to the uh, the wonderful one. Uh, we will be back with Chuck Malamut in just a few minutes. You're listening to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station, all because of you. We'll be right back. It's halftime. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. Seven minutes past the hour. Chuck Malamut is here. The following program is presented by Chuck Malamut, a financial advisor at Morgan Stanley. The information, views, and opinions expressed are those of Chuck Malamut and do not necessarily reflect those of Morgan Stanley or its affiliates. They are current as of the date of this broadcast and are subject to change without notice. Neither the information provided nor any opinion expressed herein constitutes a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. This presentation is for informational purposes only. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, member SIPC. Chuck Malamut, good morning. Good morning, Harry. How are you today? How was nice. my? I'm well. How was my GPS? <laughs> Close. Uh, I'll, I'll give it to you only because I was behind a school bus. I was within about so, a half mile, right? So if, if, the, if the bus did not make multiple stops, you definitely would have had it right. But I just felt it. I felt it. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give it to you. It's fine. I appreciate it. Appreciate your kindness. Uh, market update. So you and Kirk spent a fair amount of time talking about um, Twitter and Elon yeah. Musk. So I think we can table that for now. But it's the, I, I'm just going to say until... If and when that deal closes, because obviously there's all kinds of questions and any kind of transaction, this this one may be more questionable than others, but that'll be be all over the news. But let's why is it questionable? It's because it's, it's the SEC. Was it questionable uh, when Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post? Was that questionable? Uh, not as much. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just, 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 just trying to Harry, I'm not <laughs> Harry. We're not even 30 seconds in the show and you're taking me down the wrong lane here. <laughs> Maybe I, maybe I should have stayed behind that school bus. But <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about last week, and then we'll get into yesterday in particular and where we think the markets are, are going to head. So U.S. equities down last week uh, pretty significantly. The S&P was down um, 2.7%, and, and a lot of that was attributed to uh, the hawkish uh, uh, Fed. I mean, the comments that were made uh, by Chairman Powell – uh, in particular, uh, and we'll get in. We'll get into that in in a second. Now, uh, Q1 earnings so far, first quarter, are outpacing expectations, not by a lot, Harry, but they are beating expectations. 
the isn't that a good thing in this current environment? Well, yeah, with inflation it, and everything it, else, it is, Harry. But it's it's again, it's the forward, it's the forward-looking statements. Yeah. Uh, we we need to raise our prices. You know, our supply chain issues are still a concern. We can't get uh, people to come to work. I mean, it's it's all it's everything we've heard. It's sort of like that broken record. It's that. Um, uh, spin, you're in that negative spin cycle to a certain degree, and and unfortunately, if you don't hit it on the mark, you're still going to get you're still going to get punished somewhat. Uh, only positive sector last week, Harry, were the re, our REITs, real estate investment trusts. They were up a little bit over one percent. Consumer staples, as you would expect, up you know one half of one percent. And on the flip side, uh, worst performing sectors, communication services. Uh, down 7.7% in energy, believe it or not, Harry, down 46 wow. So if you take a look at where we are going into yesterday, all the indices, as I think your listeners are aware, are, are well into the negative year to date. Uh, the best performing of the group is the, uh, is the Dow, down a little bit over 6%. The worst performing group is the NASDAQ, down uh, close to 18%. Best performing sectors... Um, energy up close to 40% year-to-date. Utilities up about 5 because, again, that's a defensive play. And consumer staples, again, a defensive play up 3.7%. On the flip side, worst-performing sectors, communication services, information technology, and consumer discretionary, down anywhere from 14 to 20%. And, and in the height of it all, and what I think a lot of people lose sight as to what happened with bonds, particularly as we got to the end of last year and into the first quarter of this year, first quarter 2022, worst performing quarter for the bond market, Harry, I believe in 50, 50, that's five zero years. Wow. I mean, you, you, you had a big move in rates and unfortunately, uh, they went, they went, they went in the wrong direction. So let's talk a little bit about last Thursday in particular. Uh, Chairman Powell, you know, participated in a, in a panel discussion uh, at the IMF or the International Monetary Fund. And, and, a, and the comments that he made, Harry, front and center uh, about policy actions, future policy actions with respect to what's going to happen with the financial markets. And unfortunately, uh, that, you know, that created a fair amount of, of negative news. Um, you know, before Powell started to speak, and again, this is why we always talk about, you know, you need to be, well, you need to be laser focused. You really need to take a long-term perspective because before he started to speak to Harry, the markets were having a, a fairly positive week, you know, going, going into Thursday, um, you know, in light of all the corporate earnings that were starting to, to flow through. But the, the, he, here's what he said, quote, it's absolutely essential to restore price stability. Economies don't work without price stability, end of quote. And that, I mean, that sentence or those two sentences basically moved, you know, the financial markets. Uh, all the major equity markets immediately gave back the gains that they were put in the first three days of last week. He, he wanted to do that, right? I don't know if he wanted to, Harry, but he has, I mean, he's signaling where, where they're going. I mean, the, the sell-off continued into Friday uh, and if you remember on Friday around three o'clock, it was that you got to that what I'll call that that total that total give up, and the Dow 
was down close to a thousand points, and it happened very, very quickly. I mean, we were down and please don't call me. We were down a, maybe two hundred points, three hundred points, which is not a big number for the Dow based on where the Dow sits now. But then um, around three o'clock, everyone seemed to throw the towel and say, "All right, we're getting we're getting away for the weekend." And a lot of the sell programs kicked in, and and basically, you know, the Dow was down. The Dow, the S and P, and the Nasdaq going into the weekend were were down uh, significantly, all down for the day about two and a half percent. Harry, we have not seen that kind of move, uh, a one day move. In, in, in the last time we saw this, it was March of two thousand and twenty, as we got into, you know, the pandemic. So, but if corporate America is strong. What does that say to all this? Well, the problem, I mean, look, so here's the problem. It's it's not what you did before. It's what you're going to do in the future. And and Because the these, markets are looking ahead six months. Yeah, and, and these margins are getting tighter and tighter. Uh, and any blip on the radar, you know, um, the government is saying that, that inflation is going to be, what, 3 to 4% before the end of the year. Uh, a, a lot of uh, brilliant Wall Street minds are saying, no, 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 that's not going to be the case. We, you know, inflation may have or is peaking, but we're not going to get down to those levels. So the the other thing, that, Harry, that happened last week after Powell spoke, the Treasury market, the yield curve, um, you know, remember we talk about the inversion, uh, the two to tens, the two years versus the ten years, the five year versus the thirty, or the, and the five year versus the thirty year. It, it, it should be noted that there was a very, very small period of time that there was an inver- an inversion of the yield curve as Powell was speaking. But now there's more. There's about a forty basis points difference, Harry, between the two year and the ten year. So the curve is more normal or more traditionally sloped. First, first break. We'll be right back. We'll continue right there with Chuck Malamut talking all about your financial matters to reach Chuck to make an appointment to discuss your financial situation. 609-383-2010. 609-383-2010 with Chuck Malamut. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. It is 20 minutes past the hour. Mr. President, thank you for gracing our studios. Michael Rubel, ladies and gentlemen, he's waving as he as he exits the studio. Good to see you, sir. He's a listener. He's going to listen. <laughs> I love it. I love that. That was confidence. Uh, I'm going to listen. We gave, him a, we gave him a little friendly advice at the, wow, he's, he's the, at best. the commercial break. But, Harry, let, he's me, my man. let me finish on Powell real quick. So so at that meeting, he he, he made it loud and clear and uh, supporting the idea that, that the FOMC is going to come at the next meeting in May with a 50 basis points or one half of 1% hike. At the, at the next meeting, and he's, and, he, and he's what he said again, quote, I also think there is something to be said for front-end loading any accommodation one thinks is appropriate, period. I would say 50 basis points will be on the table for the May meeting, end of quote. Now, all the, all the talking heads and the smart people, the strategist analysts, on Wall Street right now, Harry, if you were a betting man, there is a 98% probability that on May, that May 4th meeting, uh, there will be a 50 basis point increase. 
and and it's not so much it's not so much the event itself but it's the language it's it's the comments the 50 basis points is is baked in right now correct harry we've baked in uh close to two to three hundred basis points yeah and 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 that's why you're seeing the market react the way it does the way it has been reacting particularly in in the big tech names and so you asked a question about earnings yes first quarter earnings so yes so, so far, you know, Harry, so far, so good. About 20% of the S&P 500 companies have reported results. That was as of Friday. Now, this is a big week. I mean, there's a lot of names coming, a lot of companies, uh, and big tech in particular. So, uh, of the results that we've seen so far, 75% have met or exceeded expectations on revenue. 82% have beat, beat on the earnings front. Uh, the problem is that the earnings growth rate for the first quarter is about 6.6%. And if that number holds, Harry, that would be the lowest number that we've seen since the fourth quarter of 2020. And remember, that was, in, you know, still working through working through COVID. With 8.5%, though, CPI, does it get sort of... It uh, does. It, it, gets, it gets muddled. I mean, so yeah. what, what happens is it's... So this week, you know, all hands on deck. I mean, there's a lot of companies reporting. So while the overall earnings has, has been positive for the most part, and that should support the markets, but again, the comments that that the Fed chairman left last week on Thursday, more aggressive rate hikes overshadow all these corporate earnings, Harry. So, um, you, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where the market goes from here. You know, did we get to that washout on Friday and then yesterday in particular? I mean, the you know, overseas, the Chinese market was down 5%. And I think a lot of that is due to the lockdowns in particular. But, you know, it carried over into Europe. It carried here into the U.S. And mid, you know, late, I'm going to say uh, mid-afternoon, around the time that the headline came across that Musk and Twitter's uh, consummated their deal. The market reversed. By the way, something that I love that was just beautiful. Elon Musk puts out a very pithy tweet. It's it's just just ironic that he did it on Twitter. But of course, that's why he's buying Twitter because he loves he loves to tweet and and he wants it you know to be the way that he he envisions it. So he he just tweets moving on dot dot dot. Now that showed the item that you and I talked about relative to this transaction, this potential transaction, where the poison pill that you described a week ago, the definition of poison pill, and both of us were on the same page as we usually are on this because I had done some on-air commentaries about it. A poison pill isn't always to kill a deal. It's a strategic negotiating tactic where they wanted to see if Musk was willing to go higher. He proved to them when he went at what fifty four dollars a 54, share 54.20. there you go forty four billion total. And think about it. you drop to five, and it's four twenty. Yeah, okay. Inter- interesting. That's a good one. Uh, so he he showed that that was as high, and he went up from where he previously was a few dollars a share, and then Twitter knew when he wrote moving on that that was the best deal. And then they got their jogging shoes on, running shoes on, and then come back and say, no, we would like want to renegotiate. And then so quickly, 
they get the deal done. And do you agree with me, Chuck? It was it was Twitter's desire to get the deal done prior to them reporting in a couple days. Harry, I, I'm I'm not so sure that's that might be part of the part of the issue or the reason they did it. But but the board, the current board, I think they're and please don't quote me on this, but I think their representation, their stock ownership of the company. Is, le- is less than 1% yeah, of the outstanding shares. So they have no skin in the game here. It's like Gordon Gecko uh, speaking to that company so when he said you, none they, of you. They, I don't want to say they were forced into making a deal, but I think the shareholders, there would have been a revolution uh, if this deal did not consummate. And, of course, consummate. they had an obligation to their shareholders. This was a very serious offer that they were given. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's flip the script here just a little bit because we've talked we were talking around twitter and we're talking about twitter but let's talk a little about corporate america okay we talked about earnings but for the most most part i think you you kind of nailed it here oh thank you uh corporate america is in relatively you know good shape harry the corporate profits and cash flow are at record highs how you know Profit margins are at record highs despite these rising costs. Balance sheets, for the most part, are fairly flush with cash. And we talked about what happened in the first quarter. But when you look at Wall Street and you look at those that make follow the markets and make predictions, the latest survey that was conducted by – it's called AA. AA Investor Survey, they reported, Harry, just last week, it's the fewest percentage of bullish respondents since 1992. Ooh. Only 15%. Now, here, now look, we always talk about the, the contrarian theory. Yeah. So typically when you get those kinds of results, a deterioration in investor sentiment is typically good news for stocks. That's the year that we started this program together, Chuck. That was it, nineteen ninety two. So, wow when you when you think about fifteen percent bullish, then you have to sort of flip the flip the script. And I know it hurts to to put money to work when you are down ten percent, twelve percent, fifteen percent year to date. But if you were a long term investor and you've had your money working for many many years, then doesn't look so bad because remembering stocks on average return eight to ten percent a year but they never return eight to ten percent every year yeah so so we had a little bit of a flush which is kind of expected but i think it caught a lot of people by surprise and for those that are just entering the market and have a a fairly long timeline at the end of the day harry i think i think we're going to be okay minute and a half before the bottom of the hour break what does Morgan Stanley analyst Mike Wilson have to say? Is he, so, as, is he as dour as he's he, he 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 is, but he got a little positive just yesterday. He likes long-term fixed income. He likes the defensive trades, that being the consumer staples, utilities, and materials in particular. Uh, but he this is, is starting, almost euphoria from Mike but, Wilson. Well, no, I'll just tease But eventually, you know, he, he said, I'm not ready to go into the pool jump into the pool head first, dive in, but I'm getting closer. Is there a consensus? I mean, I guess this counters what you just said, but I'll just throw it out right before the break anyhow, just a little quick sidebar wild card comment. 
question for Chuck. Chuck Malamut talking all about your financial matters. Is right now, is there a consensus that this is the bottom or is this still unknown? I think, Harry, uh, more the unknown than calling a bottom. Yeah. Uh, no one's going to call a bottom. But I will tell you that what w- we witnessed yesterday was a good sign for the bulls in the market. The fact that we were able to turn around at that two to three o'clock hour. The question at hand is, is here, that people feeling buying opportunities? It, yes, you buy you're able to buy the discount. There's no doubt about it. But the, the question at hand is if you have, you need to have some follow through here. Uh, the indices this morning, pre-market are down, but ever so slightly. I mean, Harry, they can turn very, very quickly. But I, I, a lot of this is now focused on interest rates and where we are going, not so much on the long end of the curve, because believe it or not, in spite of the Fed moving rates higher, what we're seeing here is that the 10-year Treasury last week was around at the height around 2.9%. And right now, last I looked, Harry, we were about 2.78, 2.79. So those rates actually came down as money was flowing out of equities into more safe haven, that, safe haven, that being your fixed income. Strong uh, second segment with Chuck Malamut. We continue. In just a few minutes, you're listening to Chuck Malamut, the official, the exclusive financial advisor for the Hurley in the Morning program to make an appointment to talk to Chuck about all of your financial matters and learn about Chuck's perfected concept of total asset management coupled with the all-important asset allocation. And you're just going to love the experience, the integrity, the honesty, the really hard work that you will get from the Malamut Group. 3832010609383202010 with Chuck Malamut. I am early in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station all because of you and we know it. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. At 31 minutes past the hour, it's Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow right now on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. The Atlantic County Democratic Party chairman is calling out the press of Atlantic City. You can read all about it on the on the app. New Jersey Congressman Jeff Van Drew is bringing home the bacon. And I don't mean the brothers or Kevin. The best crab cakes in Atlantic County, sort of per me. Uh, the list is incredibly well read and a bonus one. Fish Heads, the beloved seafood restaurant, told to. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. Today's forecast contains our one and only chance of rain this week. Let's walk through the timeline of when you'll need the umbrella. We're doing okay to start here. Temperatures 50s now, climbing to around 70 later on. Some spotty drizzle possible this morning, and then the threat of steadier rain will come late this afternoon into this evening. We'll dry out after midnight tomorrow, cool and breezy. High of only 57 with sun and clouds. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Now is the early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. The first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. It's 38 minutes past the hour with Chuck Malamut, the official financial advisor for the early in the morning program. You were saying, Chuck. So, Harry, as we ended the last segment, we spoke a little bit about interest rates and let's 
kind of take that and fast forward it into what's happening now, uh, specifically in the housing market. You know, we're seeing the rise in interest rates that's starting to weigh on housing, uh, which should uh, facilitate, you know, the inventory push that we've been talking about where we're, we don't have enough inventory to put onto the market. That should help um, and and maybe bring down some of these housing prices because Harry if you look at last at the last couple of weeks you know mortgage rates in our country continue uh to rise the 30 year average rate was actually at 5.2%. Yeah. You know they pushed right through 5 now at 5.2 Harry that's the highest level in 12 years that we've seen it yeah in more than a decade uh the more MBA impressed your little I brother. am very impressed Thank MBA you. mortgage <laughs> Oh, Harry. MBA mortgage applications uh, fell for the week. of That was the week ending April 15. Uh, there was a 3% drop in purchases and an 8% drop in refis. Mm. So, you know, he, he, when you, and I listened to Nephew Jim, and, we, we, and it's interesting because rates are still low comparatively to where we've been over the last, you know, 20 years or so. But you know, home buyers and those that are refinancing are used to rates that are obviously in that three-ish range, four-ish range. And we go from three to five quickly, and that created a turmoil in the bond market and ultimately the worst first quarter, as I mentioned before, in 50 years. Chuck, follow-up. What What does your experience tell you over all these decades? You and I have covered this. When you see 50 basis points and then the next time they meet, 50 more basis points, and if they've got, if they've got a couple hundred to 300 basis points ready to go over the next year to 18 months, how much of that gets passed on to these rates? Quite a it, bit. It, it does. And now I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you in, in, in particular. So Mike, could we be looking at 8%? No. I, don't th- I, I think but in the six sixes are very – you know, I don't think that's a stretch, but Mike and I were chatting yesterday and we were purchasing some what I'll call intermediate term investment grade uh, pieces of fixed income bonds. And the rates that we were able to buy for our clients, we have not seen in years. Mm. I mean, pushing four, four and a half percent. I mean, and Harry, these are quality companies you know uh so on the yield side people are going to experience yields they haven't seen and in and, a long time and savers those yeah. that and and the banks unfortunately are very slow as you know to react they're quick to raise rates and they're slow to they're quick to raise rates on the lending side harry but they're very slow you know to uh help borrowers or help uh help people that are putting money on deposits so what we are doing in the short-term world, we are now doing, Harry, a what we call a short-term CD ladder where we're going to roll money every three months, three months, six months, nine months, and a year. So think about you're climbing the rungs of those That's ladders. because people and think if, it's going if, to keep going up. Fed, so. Exactly. If the Fed raises rates, you're okay. You're not going to get trapped. And that is people – say, people say, well, I'm getting nothing for my cash, at least now – I'm going to get, if you do it right, 
in excess of 1%. And you say, well, 1% is not a lot, but 1% is certainly better than 0%. Yes. And then you have COLA increases coming in for Social Security recipients. This inflation is creating things like that. Let's get the last break in. We have a submission from a listener that I will show Chuck during the break. Uh, and then we'll come back strong in just a few minutes. You're listening to the Hurley in the Morning program on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Chuck Malama talking all about your financial matters. To reach Chuck, call 609-383-2010. If I've inspired you to call, please tell Chuck that. 609-383-2010. We'll be back in just a few minutes. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 48 minutes past the hour with Chuck Malamut, all about your financial matters. A reminder to uh, meet with Chuck to sit down, and I, I would encourage you to do that. Now's a very good time to see exactly where you are. And, and make strategic plans with Chuck. 609-383-2010. 609-383-2010. I know I tried, you know, with the, the is it the bottom, and that I knew what your answer was going to be. That was very, you know, not not even a fair question. How about this one? Is inflation peaking? So, Harry, we I put this on today's agenda specifically for you. Thank you. And Appreciate that. If you poll all the, the smart talking heads... For the most part, they're fairly convinced that inflation as we see it today on a year-to-year basis, which is, what, eight and a half on CPI? Mm -hmm. Yep. uh, It's going to remain above the target, the Fed's target. And then their target, they're in a two-ish, three-ish range. But the expectations are core inflation will probably settle out at year-end around – four percent around four percent i mean i i don't like any of this but i would take that i think all of us will would but you know a lot has to happen harry to be able to you know think how quickly we moved in the wrong direction i'm not so certain we're going to be able to move that quickly in the reduction of cpi but well I, i agree with that i don't see it either it just sound it sounds too optimistic. But remember, and I remember uh, you specifically banging the table uh, when Chairman Powell used the word transitory. Yeah, didn't and, believe that and either. The first time we talked about it, you uh, you said absolutely not. This is not transitory. This is for real, and we're going to be here for for quite some time. And no data to back it up. It was just gut gut instinct of mm-hmm. what it felt like, and it didn't feel. It didn't feel like it was a short-term event. But I'm going to make a little bit of a a left turn here. Okay. And we'll talk somewhat just for a second about politics. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, And and, and your favorite bill, the the BBB. Build Back Better. The Build Back Better plan, bill, we'll call it. It, it, Right now, Harry, it's still being talked about, believe it or not. And there is less than a 50% chance of it passing at this juncture. If it does get done, it would be uh, positive for green energy and bad for the drug industry. So just sort of keep that in mind. But every day as we get closer to November, I'm thinking the probability decreases each and every day as well. But nothing like Build Back Better in the real world even exists anymore, does it? 
that's deader than it, dead. It, it's you're absolutely correct. There's just no no appetite, and I always knew all we had to do was get into the midterm election year, and there would not be the stomach. If they look how close they came, very very close. They uh, did in, in the uh, in the prior year. And, you, and, ju- and just think if, yeah. if they didn't do the th- that last round of the COVID money, you know, uh, yeah. chances are we would not be in the position we are today with respect to inflation. Yeah, I think it's too fair. you know too much money chasing too few goods, and that's you know that's a direct, sort of a direct result as to where we are where we are right now. But as you know, that money is long gone. And you find and, out that it didn't really accomplish anything. And, you know, we, you might – you had a, we, you, we would have done the same if we did nothing. You, you ended up with a sugar high, uh, and now you're coming off of it, and you have this this uh, rampant infl- – not yeah, – yeah, I'll call it rampant inflation. And we haven't seen this in 40 years, but, Harry – It is rampant. In fact, the, 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 the legitimate term they use for what we are experiencing is called runaway inflation. And I'll be real curious to see – because, you know, weekly jobless claims, let's talk about this for a second. Yeah. But, but it, it, they were about 184,000 last week, and that was above expectations, which were set at about 100, 178,000. Continuing claims, you know, week after week after week, uh, they are, they're well below the consensus. And we haven't seen these levels, these low levels since February 1970. But it all goes back to, you know, less people available to, to work in, to go to work in the workforce. How how are the um, bank shares doing? So as we mentioned before, you know, the banks are, for the most part, very, very slow to pass on higher interest rates for savers, but very quick yeah. to move, like with a, with a federal role, Powell, and again, I'm being presumptuous, Powell next week, will come with 50 basis points and you will not get the words out of his mouth and the prime rate will be hit immediately to the upside it It is it is kind of interesting that it happens very quick in terms of raising interest rates on the lending side slower in terms of raising interest rates on the yield side it's like the gas pump you know it happens quicker going up than it does going down right and but to answer your question about what's happened with particularly financials and bank shares uh it hasn't been a good year so far in 2022 had a real good 2021 uh, financials you know continue to come under some pressure they are down around on average about 10 percent year to date and you know harry think about most economic cycles here with, when you have rising longer-term rates, they typically benefit the banks because the the net interest margin, what banks can charge, in terms of what they borrow and what they lend, is significant. And that money flows right to the bottom line. However, Harry, what I think a lot of people lost sight of, you know, the banks on their balance sheets right now have a tremendous amount of treasuries. And treasuries, as we've known, as we talked about what's happened with the bond market, uh, they've moved up in price fairly significantly so far in 2022, pushing down the bond prices. You know, that inversion and how that works, higher Mm -hmm. interest rates, lower bond prices. Uh, You've also seen slower corporate deal flow and slower consumer spending. Uh, That could be some additional headwinds to the industry as well. So that's pretty much where... 
where we are with bank shares at this point in time. How are our dear friends a great special relationship that we have across the pond with the United Kingdom? Well, Harry, the U.K. will probably go into a recession. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, and I think Kirk might have mentioned that in, in the last hour. It's, it's, it looks like they're going to go, um, you know, they're talking, you know, when you compare their economy to ours, it's two different animals for sure. Their retail sales growth, uh, much weaker than expected. It was recently reported at less than 1%. The uh, projection consensus estimate was close to 3 uh, and the prior reading just most recently was was actually about 7.2%. So weaker retail sales, lower consumer confidence, high inflation rates. Uh, you know, you, you put all that, you kind of mix that for, you mix those ingredients up. Uh, it, it typically, you know, will put, it looks to a recession potentially in the UK. Three minutes left in your show for today. And you have six really important topics. I'm going to let you pick. Where you want to go from here? Do you want to stay in order, or do you want to go out of order? Yeah, why don't we let's uh, let, let's stay in order because okay. a couple things here that we've that we've tried to talk about uh, the last several right. weeks, and we just so, never seem to get to it. And so we'll dial up House Resolution Number Twenty Nine Fifty Four. And actually, this is this is good news to you know to savers and retirees. So the House of Representatives passes Bill Number Twenty Nine Fifty Four at the end of March, Harry. It's called Securing. A strong retirement act, and and it's since been sent on, you know, for the Senate. Now, who knows if it gets done? But it, it, what they're trying to do is overhaul the current pre-tax retirement system. That means four hundred one ks, defined benefit plans, tax shelter, you know, TSAs, and other like. So they're looking to expand the auto enrollment for new participants in four hundred one k plans because it's that important to save. Good. Uh, they're also looking at the increasing the age of the required minimum distribution, or RMD, it's referred to. It used to, for years and years and years, years and years and years, it used to be 70 and a half. That's when you were mandated to start taking your RMD. And if you did not, Penalty. the IRS would penalize you 50. That's 50, 50% of what your RMD was for that particular year. So we, Kristen, is... is very, very tuned in to make certain that all our clients take the RMD. So recently what was done, they re- they changed it from 70 and a half to 72. Hmm. But there's no free lunch because when you raise, when you go from 70 and a half to 72, the money can pass from, from, uh, from spouse to spouse and, and not going to, it will not impact what the draw or the RMD is. However, when the surviving, when the next, when this second person passes away, what happens is it goes to the next generation or friends or relatives. That money has to be drawn down over 10 years. It can't stretch it. The old stretch IRA is gone. So what the government is proposing is taking the the, um, eight, the 72, changing it to 73, ultimately 74. And I believe, Harry, by wow. the year 2035, I think, 875 to take out the RMD. So I think more to come on that. Very interesting update. 609-383-2010. That's the phone number to reach Chuck Malamut. 609-383-2010. Any, uh, we, we only have 20 seconds, but I've been doing a lot of reading on the um, student loans and the 
Parent Plus loans. There's a lot of chatter out there. Oh, there is for sure. Everything from forgiveness to another extension. It's something something is going to give before August 31st. Chuck, thanks for a great program. Harry, thanks for having me. Shout out to Don for helping us out. Have a great, great day. Great work, Don. We will be back. It is your turn to play next. Wide Open Forum begins right now. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning and you are listening to WPG Talk Radio 95.5, all because of you, South Jersey's number one talk station. So we can't properly thank you enough for that, but I try each day. 609-407-1450, open phone line, 609-407-1450. This entire hour plus belongs to you. It's wide open forum, anything that you would like to talk about. And if you've been with us for the ride, we have brought it this morning. It has been content-rich since 6.06 this morning when we signed on. Programming note, honored. It's a privilege uh, to be filling in tomorrow when I will serve as guest host for my good friend Brian Kilmeade, the Brian Kilmeade Show, which you hear right here following early in the morning. So you'll have a lot of me tomorrow, four hours of this, and then three hours of Kilmeade tomorrow. And already the guest lineup is looking spectacular. So big day. Uh, tomorrow here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Uh, yes, when a bird flew over Joe Biden and pooped on him, I don't think the bird meant to do that, so I do believe there are coincidences in nature. However, in the affairs of man, nine times out of ten, not so. Now, there were slats of bricks at the nearest uh, plate glass windows of storefronts, and there were buses that picked up Antifa and BLM and took them to those sites. No construction sites were around. And also, um, those bricks were thrown through those plate glass windows. Now, 24 food processing plants have been burned to the ground. Also, fertilizer plants have been burned to the ground in in the past three months. Is it a coincidence? I don't think so. See, the house is on fire, but us tin flat wearing kooks are just voices crying in the wilderness, it looks like. Thanks. Thank you, Flash. 609-407-1450. You know my theory on coincidences. They do exist. Have you ever had to explain your way out of a coincidence that nobody believes? Oh, come on. You're, you're telling me this has nothing to do with that. It is, how can I believe that after what just happened here? And it's very hard sometimes. But you know I have an expression, I don't believe in coincidences, even though I do accept that on rare occasions they do happen. But more oftentimes than not, they don't. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. I got to tell you, I'm with Flash. Something very fishy about these uh, food processing plants. But um, the reason I called Harry, I want to ask you a question. Um, Did you hear what... Um, Brett Kavanaugh said yesterday uh, regarding Coach Kennedy. 
uh, asking the question. Let me uh, see if I let's see if I have my not only my spider senses or spidey, as we say, uh, us that are really friends of your friendly neighborhood, Spider-Man. If my spidey senses are tingling, Kavanaugh went and it, it kind of tips where this is going. He went so far as to say if someone then just privately put the the the, the um, gesture of the cross on their own person, that that would rise to the level of termination and all of this. Is that what you're referring to? Well, he no, he asked the question if a, if when the players see the coach kneeling and praying. Do they feel pressured that if they if they don't join the coach, that they won't be in the starting lineup, and that if they do pray with him, that they will be in the starting lineup? Well, that's a, I got to tell you, this is why I I did not hear that part, but I did hear the other question, and I thought it was Kavanaugh. Maybe it wasn't Kavanaugh. Maybe, oh, you know what? It was Gorsuch that asked what I said. Now you're you're bringing up this. Uh, I think very liberal Brett Kavanaugh. Why would you raise that question unless you're trying to find a way to make this a problem? And and I wish people would just simply interpret the Constitution because it doesn't speak about anything other than Congress with respect to this shall not infringe, shall not do this, shall not do that. They've taken it a whole different direction. So let me tell you, what I'm reading between the lines, Andy, because I didn't hear it. I didn't see it until you just said it. But if Kavanaugh's asking, if you see the coach praying after the game, because that's the whole rub. The rub is he's doing it after the game. But if you don't join in, do you feel like you will no longer be a starter or you won't get playing time? That that question concerns me a lot. Okay, Harry. So now Elena Kagan and Sonia Sotomayor specifically brought up this issue and they called it coercion that this would be coercion okay now when when i hear brett kavanaugh asking a similar question i'm thinking is this guy headed in the same direction as john roberts now well i was going to say and then you know john roberts you can count on him to always let you down but keep in mind though you cannot always tell by a question that that is determinative of how the associate justice will ultimately rule. Sometimes they just ask questions they want the answer to. Okay, so it, it may just be that he asks the question so as to give himself cover when he does rule the other way. You, you follow me? But we yes. don't know. But I'm I'm just con- I'm just concerned that we have another John Roberts now. Well, look, I mean, hey, listen, er, when they're th- when they're this sketchy early on, you have good cause. Uh, I I suspect Kavanaugh. He he bears watching. I I've called a lot of things he's done early on into question, and I hate to say it, I don't think it's going to be the case on this particular issue. But Amy Coney Barrett has also been a disappointment. Yes, yes, you're right. Let me ask you this question, Harry. If when a coach, when a high school football coach kneels by himself, goes off by himself, kneels and prays, if that if he is subjecting his players to coercion, then what is a second grade male 
teacher doing when he puts on a wig and a dress, calls himself a woman, and then shares his sexuality, his opinions on sexuality and gender with his second graders? What is he subjecting them to, Harry? Well, you could say coercion. Uh, you could say indoctrination. You could say there's an influence there. Uh, and not just on that topic, but what about all the other things? I read a math uh, equation into the book where somehow they decided to put, and if you're a racist, they put the racist in the question of, of a math, a numbers question. So this is happening all over the place in ways big and small. And of course, that's where this Florida law, I think, is so important because six and seven and eight-year-olds should not be taught gender identity and sex education that just they're not i mean i heard someone say yesterday a child at six or seven would eat chocolate all day if you let them if you just put piles of chocolate out they're not in a position the brain's not even developed they're not in a position to understand uh that, that they they could make a decision to choose to not be a boy or to not be a girl any longer all of that is this radical agenda. Of course. And it is coercion. I, I think it's plain plain coercion, especially when you're dealing with a second grader, because a second grader is simply going to accept whatever is told. By the way, to by do. the way, let me flip the script. Wouldn't it be unconstitutional to deny this coach his right? Can you pray before lunch? Could could are you able to do that? Or is that coercion? Uh, he gets fired because he does this after the game. I, I in any real world that that has ever existed in America, this has to go just one way. This this, this coach has to be um, vindicated, and this this has to be codified and upheld. People's right. You can't take away a coach's right to pray after a game where he's praying to his God. Uh, for whatever it could be after a loss it could be after a win he's praying that his players are safe that they get home safe that no one got hurt in this game or if somebody did and they're on already at the hospital by the time the game's over praying for the the, the student athlete uh god's healing hand you you can't take that away it's unconstitutional this is all ass backwards this this is unconstitutional to try to take that away from him well, I'll ask you one last question, Harry. See, see how this goes around your brain. If this coach were a Muslim and wanted to take out his prayer rug and kneel on the field after the game, you know that we would never know this coach's name. You and I wouldn't have this be having this conversation, and this issue would never make it to the Supreme but if, Court. But if we did, we would say, great, he's praying to his God, uh, and there would never be a constitutional challenge and he would never be fired for doing it so it's even worse not only just who would know about it because it wouldn't get market saturation level attention but there would be no uh termination and there'd be nothing nothing would happen it would be respected that's exactly that's exactly my point this is and this this isn't harry this is not about prayer this is about christian prayer Oh, you, you, for whatever reason, the Democrats are so anti-Christian. They're anti-Israel as well, uh, although somehow they get 68 to 70 percent of the Jewish vote in America. 
But the ones that live abroad, uh, they vote very differently because they see what terrorism and and all of these things that um, for some reason are ignored here, what they what they actually mean. Uh, It's a great call. I have to have faith that the Supreme Court, although Roberts is so sketchy, and by the way, because he is the chief justice, he's very influential when they negotiate and things. There have been things that were done, and Roberts is very good at maneuvering things and then coming up with some, instead of the right decision, either the opposite, which would be horrible, or some compromise thing. Uh, he's a bad He's a bad apple right now, this guy. Well, Harry, if you can give me 30 more seconds, this issue of separation of church and state, to me, it's a misnomer. There's nothing in our founding documents about separation of church and state. This notion was something that Thomas Jefferson wrote in a letter to a prominent religious man of his era in which Jefferson thought that there should be, quote, a wall between church and state. But there is nothing in our founding documents, and in fact, quite the opposite, this country was founded precisely to bring about religious freedom. And it was founded upon Judeo-Christian values, and they not only did not apologize for that, they celebrated it. Exactly, exactly. So this notion, over the years, people think that this is some kind of a law that we have separation of church and state. No, no, you're right. I got to run, but they speak it and it is not so, but they try to make it. They try to will it. Their radical agenda is just, it's evil. And it, and it, and it hits in so many different directions. The indoctrination, we've been calling out the indoctrination of children in school for 30 years now it is self-evident. It's impossible to deny that it's happening. And they keep going younger and younger and younger. A couple of generations ago, the indoctrination never took place in the elementary schools or even the junior high or, or senior high at the high school level. It always waited for college. And then by the time your student got home after the first semester, you were like, what the hell happened? The indoctrination was fast, furious, and unbelievable. But now what we see is they keep going younger and younger and younger, and now they want fifth and sixth graders, five, six, and seven, and eight-year-olds with this stuff because they have no boundaries. It's it's so dangerous, and, and it's a shame. They make it so divisive by making up language that isn't even true like they did in Florida. Andy, good call. Good stuff. Bad stuff, but good conversation about bad stuff. 609-407-1450. Please don't go away on the phone lines. 609-407-1450. An open phone line. Wide open forum. Until Kilmeade. On the Hurley in the Morning program. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5. South Jersey's number one talk station. The WPG Talk Radio app is your connection to South Jersey's talk station. Get free, unlimited local and statewide news from New Jersey's largest radio news team. Download all of our local shows as podcasts and more. Powered by Ambient Comfort. 
For installation to repairs and maintenance, give Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling a call today at 856-213-6586. AmbientComfortNJ.com. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. 26 minutes past the hour. It is Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station, all because of you. And we welcome you to the program. Good morning. Thanks for calling in. Good morning, Harry. How you doing? Very well. Thanks for asking. You know something? Uh, first of all, please excuse. You know, I'm a very, I'm a gentleman on the air. I know that. Um, and please excuse me for being blunt, but I'll still be a gentleman. It's very sad that this administration cannot lacks the competency of running this country, letting alone a uh, lemonade stand. That I miss the days of Reagan diplomacy because. Biden has no idea or even a thought occurred to him to launch a tactical no. airstrike on the um, North Korean missile sites. And the problem, P- Peter, with him is even when he was at his best, he was horribly wrong about everything. Now he is at his worst. I mean, incoherent, not present. Very dangerous time. I know you follow uh these kinds of things very closely uh and you can see afghanistan i believe is a direct byproduct of his lack of mental acuity how russia ukraine has gone is a direct result of his lack of mental acuity putin was not going to touch ukraine if there was a strong american president i have no doubt about that and we have the prior four years to back that up it's not a coincidence that that Putin was provocative and did what he did in 2014 when Obama was president, didn't do anything while Trump was president, and bang, right back at you when Biden is the president. So we are in very serious grave jeopardy because we have a president that is not capable of doing the job. It's very dangerous. The reason I'm bringing this up, I mean, I do know that the Ukraine uh, situation is grave, not just in that area of the world, but worldwide to some degree. In fact, I have relatives in Croatia uh, and from Kiev to Zagreb, which is the capital of Croatia, is is 912 miles. And that's too close for comfort. Wow, yeah. But anyway, while we're... Fo- Incidentally, Ukraine is only 5,000 miles away. I mean, people that don't realize even where it is on the map... California is 3,000 miles from us. Ukraine is 5,000 miles as the crow flies. I mean, that is, that's very close when you think about it. Yeah, but what I'm worried about and concerned, while we are focused on Ukraine, I wouldn't put it past Kim Il-Jong or whatever he calls himself. <laughs> Kim Jong. Uh, to give it a- Kim Jong-un. Born. Okay, I wouldn't put it past them to uh, give it a try to hit uh, Hawaii, Alaska, or even California. Well, look, look, if he does anything like that, then, you know, he gets wiped out. So that's the one saving grace we have. He can't strike. He can, but he won't strike America because then we just we, we wipe him out. We have to at that point. 
So it's not even like a mutually assured destruction thing. If he did what he did, uh, he he would take he would have a taste of what President Reagan did to Gaddafi. We didn't hear from Gaddafi for 40 years after Reagan did what he did. Peace through strength, right? We don't have. Yes, but we don't have strength now. We no. have weakness. Yes. Everybody agreed. knows it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Well, have a blessed day. You too, Peter. Good to talk to you. 609-407-1450, right after the break, you join the Hurley in the Morning program. It is approaching 31 minutes past the hour. Programming note tomorrow morning, uh, live from 9 to 12 here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 from 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. I have the privilege of guest hosting the Brian Kilmeade Show. So thank you, Brian, uh, for the trust. We'll be working with Brian's incredible team, Allison and Pete and the entire uh, Kilmeade crew. They're fantastic. And we've already been over the past several days, at least we've been show prepping for tomorrow's show. So we're looking forward to that. Hope you can be a part of it. And of course, stay close because you'll hear it right here on Hurley in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Ah, geez. During the break, I just read some propaganda that was mailed to me because obviously I'm I'm a well-documented, well-celebrated Disney fanatic. And it just it pains me to see how this new president in particular, because Iger didn't do that. And the one before him didn't do that. They got so incredibly woke under this new president, who I hope is going to be outgoing. And there's talk about bringing Iger back. Uh, Disney was right where they needed to be on this legislation. But then they got barraged by the loon left and they went all in. And then, of course, once you cross the Rubicon, it just gets worse and worse and worse. So now I have these different things that are sent to me every single day that I don't bore you with. But Disney tips, Disney news. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how much Disney updates I get on a daily basis. When I tell you tens of thousands of words every single day just on Disney, I read a lot of it. I don't read a lot of it. But this one caught my eye during the break. And the headline is DeSantis's attack on Disney will impact first responders and guest safety. And I am sick of this dirty left with their lies of always dividing, always trying to scare. Do you really think there will be a year from now a difference between Reedy Creek, which is Disney's um, own fire department and first responders? Uh network of your operations you think it's going to be slower because of what's going to happen in the next year or so how they say this to scare people like in, in other words oh my gosh if DeSantis didn't do this the response time to your fire w- would be fantastic but because he did this you're going to die it's basically what they're saying and I'm not even going to read I'm not going to read this story just the headline alone made me sick during the break. And I'll tell you, Disney's making it really hard on me. I've had a few people say, Harry, what are you going to do about this? You love Disney, but look at this. Hey, I've been there before. I I had something in Cape May spoiled for me 
that I absolutely love. And Bob Progner, who's going to be on with us next, that's not the Seacrest, the Seacrest Inn that I'm talking about. But I had something in Cape May spoiled. And once it's spoiled, it's spoiled. Do you remember uh, the Little Rascals? And there was that hideous, uh, nasty marm or whatever her title was. And all these kids, sort of like underprivileged kids, and Spanky was one of them. And they're passing the milk around. And they're all whispering, don't drink the milk. Why not? It's spoiled. And Spanky is the last one. And then the nasty, uh, whatever she is, school marm, Spanky whispers in her ear, don't drink the milk. And she says, why not? And the very animated Spanky McFarland says, because it's spoiled. And then she said, eat your mush and like it. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You are on the air. Boss, 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 what is it, buddy boy? Come well, on. you know, as they say in the business, what it is is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. The Sixers look terrible in Toronto and now in at home. And now they have to go back to Toronto. Toronto. Guest listener Michael should have maybe... Maybe he put no with about 10 O's uh, after the end. He didn't want to go double de- double or nothing for the pizza. I will say he, he he paid up. I've got a pizza on credit right now. Hasn't been uh, remunerated yet, but it is on deposit at the fabulous Capri Pizza. So I think the Sixers are still going to win this series despite themselves, but something rotten has happened over the past two games. I'll give you that. Well, can I tell you what it is? Yeah. Can I tell you what it is? Yeah. You need to put your referee shirt on for a minute here, and I want to see what say you, okay? Well, I know what it is. I've I've already done my analysis. I know what it is. They're hacking and beat apart. They're going after that thumb. This is why he got fined fifteen thousand dollars the other day. Well, he got fined fifteen thousand dollars for trashing the officiating. That's what he got fined fifteen thousand. But there's no doubt they were doing hack a shack on him. They are beating him to a pulp. Now, what happened? The first two games in particular, Toronto was very unlucky not to win Game Three. This actually could easily, and you might even say should be, a 3-2 Toronto lead right now. First two games, the Sixers were so physical that, that Toronto could not handle them at all. Toronto has gotten very aggressive over the past two games. Even the third game of the series as well, which they lost in overtime, as you know, on an Embiid uh, shot at the buzzer, his first buzzer uh beater to win a game in his career he had been like oh and 18 or something oh and 14 so yeah they're beating the crap out of um Embiid but you know he's not a one-man team he's obviously going to be the league I think he's going to be the league MVP and he's he's outstanding but Harden isn't playing right uh and they they had great shot selection they were moving the ball around now they're taking bad shots Nobody's underneath to get a rebound, which shows that they're just – it's like schoolyard ball right now. And Toronto's actually executing. The Sixers could easily go in 
tomorrow night and lose game six? Well, this is where Doc Rivers has to come in. The, the other, listen, Harden and Maxie have to step up and earn their keep. Okay? Yeah. I mean, and they're both fantastic. I mean, Mackie is phenomenal. And Harden is a stud. But he's bringing the ball up, passing off, and sometimes taking long three-point shots with nobody underneath. And and he has a very hard shot. It's not a soft shot. So it either goes in or it rattles out like crazy uh, for these long rebounds that the Sixers are in no position uh, to get. And Toronto is just Toronto wants it more right now. Philadelphia sat on their lead, and then it's 3-1, and you think, all right, well, that's no big deal. They lost that game. They did their job. They won both at home. They won the first game in Toronto. You have a letdown. You lose the the fourth game. No big deal. Now it's 3-1. You go home and you close the deal. Well, they went home and got their asses kicked last night. I know. Well, you said it. I mean, they should have closed them out because Embiid needs a little time to heal. Look at what the Celtics did to Brooklyn. They wiped them off the face of the earth. Okay? Well, they did what they're supposed to do. They're the better team. And and a lot of people, as you know, had Brooklyn favored to win the whole uh, championship. So that was a great uh, taking care of serve that Boston did. And this is set up for the, the, the Sixers to go deep because in the semifinal round, uh, they don't have to play the Celtics or the Bucks, so I, I mean I like the Sixers' chances if they can get out of the series. But as of right now, they don't look very good. I agree. I agree. All right, Maddie, I got to run. Have a great day. When we come back, Bob is going to join the program. I was very quick to uh, put a disclaimer out when I said that something in Cape May was ruined for me. I can promise you, it is not the Seacrest Inn, which we love. And Bob, who we love. He is next as the Hurley in the Morning program continues on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station, all because of you. Those call letters deserve to be repeated again and this program as well. Hurley in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM exactly. and 1450 AM. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. And now a small business setback is assessed by a beloved family pediatrician. Oh, hey, Tiger. Big scary tree branch, give your work truck a boo-boo. Yeah. Wow. See this thing on my phone here? It's the Progressive Mobile app. Just push that little button there and report your claim. Attaboy. When owning a small business gets painful, Progressive Commercial is here to make it all better. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. <gasps> What's this? Candy drawer. Who wants a lollipop? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms and conditions. Photo claims not available in all states or situations. Run, walk, honor. The Tunnel to Towers 5K Run and Walk in New York City retraces FDNY firefighter Stephen Siller's final footsteps on 9-11. That single event has inspired more than 70 runs, walks, and climbs in different cities across the nation each year. Register for an event in your area or volunteer to start one. Do good and never forget by donating $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Brian Kilmeade is next at 10. Now, back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, I just thought about this. Hurley gets to throw it to Kilmeade tomorrow, but Hurley will be throwing it to Hurley on Kilmeade. Oh, that's going to be fun. 
609-407-1450 and open phone line if you'd like to join our open forum chit chat. It's going very well. This portion of Hurley in the Morning, I'm so pleased to report because they can help you. They were in our home a couple of weeks ago. Ambient comfort heating and cooling professionals. Some of the most just highly accomplished, professional, and kindest, nicest people that you will ever have in your home. They're, they're so polite and they're so competent. If your system, if you're not sure, and how could you be sure unless you're in the business? If you're not sure that your system is ready to get you through the summer season for air conditioning, give my friends at Ambient Comfort a call, 609-568-0955. That's 609-568-0955. And ask for the $59 spring tune-up. If you're a new customer, that's the price. It doesn't matter who, oh, they didn't install my system. No, 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 it doesn't matter. Regardless of who installed your system, if you're a new customer, 609-568-0955, tell them I sent you early in the morning and ask for the $59 spring tune-up special. Ambient comfort heating and cooling professionals on the web at ambientcomfortnj.com. Hello, Bob, sometimes from Florida, sometimes from New Jersey. Well, I'm I'm almost back. So it's uh, so Harry. Look, I just want to talk about JD Vance again. Continue yeah. our conversation of last week, and just real quick, what he said about President Trump for me would automatically be disqual disqualifying. But but the but is that I'm convinced that he's an absolutely sincere guy. That he's a fighter for the middle class. That he stands with President Trump in terms of policy that is going to benefit the working people, the middle class of this country. And that's why I'm, I'm with yeah, him. I, I, I'm with you, Bob. I'm just a little more skeptical only because he didn't just do the things that if you're running against somebody, you know, you carve up your opponent and afterwards you can shake hands and even get along. And we've all seen that. And I've been a candidate myself and, you know, I've been through the, the, the local wars and, we usually all come out the other side, you know, and we can we can get along and and sometimes even work with the the people who beat us and so on and so forth. He was way out there, though. I mean, Hitler stuff and all that. You know, when you're you know, my my philosophy is when you bring up Hitler, you lose every time because there's just no way that any decent person should ever compare somebody like President Trump to Hitler. You don't have to like him. You don't have to like his brashness. You don't have to like the orange hue in his skin or the fantastical hairdo. You don't have to like anything you don't want to like. But I just think he went really, really far. However, uh, after President Trump uh, says, hey, I endorse him and he enthusiastically endorses him. And, you know, he can't help himself. He brought up, hey, you know what? This is a guy that said some bad SH, you know what, about me. But you know what? Every one of the others did also. In fact, quote, if I went by that standard, I don't think I would have ever endorsed anybody in the country. So I've said this from the beginning, and he continues to prove it. Now, I knew it because I had years of a head start on everybody else who didn't know President Trump. President Trump proves time and time again that he is truly one of the most forgiving people 
that you will ever meet. Now, if you do it a second time, like Mitt Romney, I mean, Mitt Romney, remember, Mitt Romney did that press conference thing where he just eviscerated, like John McCain evisceration of President Trump. And pr- President Trump forgave him, entertained him. I don't think, I really think it was more to embarrass him, but entertained him for Secretary of State, did not pick him, of course, and he shouldn't have, and then endorsed him for Senator. And then Romney went dirty on him again. And then that's it. Trump's done with you, but he always lets somebody get away with one type of negative event. I do believe you, Bob, and my own observations are similar. J.D. Vance, I believe, is all the things that you said. I hope that he's not being strategic now to get President Trump's kindness, to get his endorsement. And then after he wins uh, and has this beautiful, wonderful six-year term, uh, becomes Mitt Romney. I, I suspect it's not going to be the case, but I'm a little suspicious of this guy still. So, Harry, his life experience is not a Mitt Romney, okay? not a silver spoon fella. Okay, he came from a very, very rough, rough, rough upbringing, and that's one big, big point here. That so, in other words, are, are you of the belief that his word means something, and that this conversion is not for the convenience of getting exactly what he got? Because let's face it, if JD Vance doesn't get Trump's endorsement, I don't believe he would win the GOP nomination uh, in Ohio. Do we agree on that? No, he, he would not have won, just like Ron DeSantis would not have won in Florida. But I, um, the, another the big reason I'm supporting him and it, it turned my, my mind around completely is Tucker Carlson told me what a sincere guy is. And I absolutely respect and trust Tucker's opinion of someone. And, and talk about an America first agenda. J.D. Vance, President Trump and Tucker, they are all for limiting immigration, uh, bringing our manufacturing jobs back, enforcing our border protection, foreign policy that doesn't send young men over to fight foreign wars that are unnecessary. So all these things, he's right on board with President Trump. And J.D. Vance's chief rival is Josh Mandel, who says all the right things, says he's all about Trump. Trouble is, Jay, uh, that, that Josh Mandel is taking huge money from the Club for Growth, the most anti-Trump organization that there is. Out. Yeah, so they want him uh, because they don't want the guy that Trump wants. Trump also said, quote, a lot of them said some really bad things, and ultimately I put that aside. By the way, and this is straight from his rally, I took notes. By the way, he's been like incredible, and so have the others for the most part. I guess in all cases the others have, but I have to do what I have to do. We have to pick somebody that can win, and this is the guy. He's tough. He's smart. He's a former Marine, although you're never a former Marine, Mr. Trump, President Trump. He's a former Marine. He is a Yale-educated lawyer. He fights like crazy, and he loves Ohio, and he frankly he is a great Buckeye. Uh, and for those reasons, uh, I'm putting aside what I saw this guy do in the past, because who am I? If President Trump can put it aside and if he thinks this is the best guy, I'm going to put it aside. And so I'm with J.D. Vance. I wish he was everything that he is and didn't do the other stuff. I don't know why he did that in 2016. But in fairness, 
a lot of people did it in 2016 when they really couldn't even imagine that President Trump could win. So I write some of that off as just politics and, you know, things the way that they are. But I, 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 I'm, I'm on board. I, I believe he is what he says he is. President Trump believes that. And we have to be united because Ohio is the kind of race that if this is a fractured type of deal and the Republicans are not united, a Democrat can win that seat, Bob, and we can't have that. No, can't have it. And, and Ohio is super important. Absolutely. And uh, uh, let's see. Let's see what happens in a primary on, on May 3rd. Now, before you go, before you go, Governor Ron DeSantis, who is, I mean, just by the day, just putting just checks in the bona fides column, uh, this forming a police unit to investigate and to prosecute election crimes is pure masterclass. Look, he, he's he's going to be the a generational statesman, and you know, in two thousand, you know, uh, twenty eight, Harry, I I you look the perfect success for the president Trump. I mean, one one home grand slam home run after another. You know, it, it's just. You know, and, and look, uh, I I hope he doesn't run in 2024. We need him in the state of Florida. Uh, and, you know, I'll, I'll see, you. see, Bob, I agree with that. This is good at every level. This is good. And we have time here. So don't worry. You're going to have a couple minutes at the end. Um, we're uh, approaching one minute past the hour and we have until Kilmeade. Five minutes we have. Here's what I believe about this. He needs another four years now, this could all be short circuited because if, if President Trump selects him to be his running mate, there's no nobody in American history has ever turned it down. I guess he would have to take it. Uh, we, but Trump has Florida, I believe. So I'd like to see him go somewhere else. I'd like to keep DeSantis as this phenomenal governor of Florida, give DeSantis and his philosophy of governance four more years to take total root in Florida, because if you take him out anytime soon, you know the game, Bob. Uh, if a Democrat got back in there, they'd flip this whole thing. Disney would be fantastic again, uh, and everything would be on his ear. Uh, so I think keeping DeSantis as governor strategically is smart. It, it's smart in terms of the reason I mentioned about having DeSantis policies be able to take root, because if they're in for four more years, it's really hard to undo them. They're, they'll be popular. It's, it's uh, you know, I think you know what I'm saying is true. Secondly, because Trump can only serve one more term, win or lose, that seat is open in four years. Because Trump, I don't think, would run. If he runs and doesn't make it, I don't think he's running four more years from now. And if he runs, he is going to win. So then DeSantis could run as a popular two-term governor of Florida that has a record of accomplishment that would be absolutely phenomenal to be able to recite uh, all the prosperity, all of the jobs, all the economic you know, improvements, all the um, uh, migration to Florida as indicative of Florida being a place where people want to come to, not run from. I mean, it would just position him beautifully. Now, there are some that would say, 
Chris Christie missed his best shot. And is this DeSantis's high watermark and then he misses his shot? I still say it's the way to go. I hope it goes that way. The only scenario I don't want to see, Bob, and now I'm going to turn it over to you to wrap up the show, is this. I would hate to see DeSantis run and Trump and DeSantis become enemies. I don't want to see that. Harry, I totally agree with you that you know, DeSantis running against Trump, and, and you, know, you said it before, Trump will cut him to pieces. They'll destroy, they'll, they'll hurt, hurt each other. Yep. And, you know, and it would be an act of betrayal because, again, I've said this, it's absolutely correct. Without the Trump endorsement, you know, DeSantis does not even win the Republican primary in Florida. And DeSantis needs four more years to be, you know, he's becoming much, much better. I mean, he's becoming masterful, uh, but four more years to just become politically and, and his campaigning style is just going to be improving. But yeah, no, I, I agree. His, he cannot run it in 24 if President Trump runs. He just cannot do it. It's, 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 it would be, it would be total, total disloyalty because he was an obscure congressman who President Trump <clears throat> excuse me, my allergies, put on the map. And DeSantis has done a great job, so he he gets credit for that and all, but he wouldn't be there without President Trump. So I, I, I just think it would be a an ultimate act of betrayal. He's got to, in my estimation, he's got to be with Trump, either as a tremendous ardent supporter, uh, as a governor, a, a very influential big state governor of great, pedigree and success now with a proven track record or the running mate and on the ticket. What do you say about DeSantis being on the ticket? Uh, you know, Harry, it, Florida's in the bag. It, it is in the bag for President Trump. So I, I'd rather see him stay down there for selfish reasons. Cause you know, uh, yeah. so I live in Florida good part of the year. And, and uh, I don't know. That That's a tough one. I mean, that, that really is a tough one. I mean, you know, the, the question is, who is number two on the ticket with President Trump? It, it, it has the, the stature of DeSantis. I mean, DeSantis is loved throughout the country. What is a shame? It's a shame that January 6th happened because Trump Pence coming right back would have been fabulous. Pence was the prototype vice president. He was so incredibly fiercely loyal. You can't think of one occasion where he did not support the president, even even in some tough, tough, you know, challenging times. But of course, that's impossible now. Bob, to be continued. Great conversation. Great to be with you. Great, Harry. Thank you. You know it. All right. The rest of the lineup takes it from here. I will check you out shortly uh, on the app. And remember, Chris Coleman put in that nice little Harry Hurley button. So all of our content digital audio and otherwise is at your fingertips. We'll be back here in 19